heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. One time Griff bets on him. I know, and folks, we're starting with this. We're starting with this. Nasty Nestor, this is episode number 170. This is a milestone episode, folks. As always, presented by the BetStamp app for the best shopping odds for sports betting. Download BetStamp, link in bio, use promo code GRIFFB. And as you can see, guys, today it is a collab episode. You got Griff, you got Matt, you got Ramey. This, that, YWC football talk, if you want to call it. Gentlemen, it's a weird point of the offseason where, look, nothing happens, but it's overreaction season. How are we all doing? I'm good. How are you, Griff? Can't complain. Doing all right. It's yeah. Uh, hockey's coming. Hockey's coming to an end. Baseball will soon be by itself, and football we, starts in like two and a half months. Well, fantasy football is. I already renewed our league. Like it's already back up. The, dude, there's already people like on insane. Twitter talking about like their dynasty leagues and like already drafting and stuff. When I'm just I did, like, I did a mock draft, and after one round, I was like, why? Am, why am I doing this? And I logged out. Like this is too soon. Like, it's like uh, people who admit to drafting in like late July as well. I'm like, no, if you do no. it, if the earliest, the earliest you can draft is like the fourth week in August. Yeah. I usually try to do it like maybe a week, week and a half before the season starts. But if you're starting to get in, you'll, you'll draft a running back and he'll tear his ACL and you'll be screwed. Ramey, you're on mute again. I think he's fixing his mic. Um, yeah. That's the, that's the one main thing with fantasy football though, which is just like, look, I think about it. Like I already think about like who I'm going to take. Like I can already tell you who my RB one is. Um, and also I'm going to, give a little bit of a spoiler i'll tell you guys about this later but there might be some fantasy news regarding the podcast coming up very very soon but um but yeah no like when i see people like fantasy football twitter it's like a it's a rabbit hole you go down but then again you've got to think about who you want to take but at the same time too you can't let it consume you year round i mean i've been thinking about it since the last season ended but like it's way too early who knows what'll happen in training camp and stuff so i'm trying not to think about it but even here's the other thing with fantasy football too. It's just that it's that wonderful drug. Every year, every year, every week, it pisses us off. Yeah. Hell, you guys know I'm a big hockey guy, and I also play fantasy hockey. But like fantasy football, dude, I'm like checking my rosters religiously on there. Hockey, I can just set, and if someone gets hurt or if a goalie's yeah. like not playing, then you can change it. I like usually do the set it weekly. Fantasy football, man, I'm I'm on it drug. daily, multiple times a day, checking, and nothing changes. Nothing ever changes. But I'm nope. looking at my lineup. Maybe, maybe I could change. Nope, nothing. But just in case, you gotta, you gotta be on the waiver wire. Oh God, the Yankees are getting the shit kicked out of them now. Thought they were really good against the Twins too. Um, yeah, I'm the bad luck kid. Um, but anyway, going to football topics. The first one we want to cover quickly. I don't know if you guys saw this fully, but the Denver Broncos sold last night four point five billion dollars i forget the guy's name i'm just gonna get my phone out the walton one of the waltons from walmart which is funny because stan Kroenke, enos stan Kroenke, he stan Kroenke, hate he, that guy uh from 2009 raw owns the denver nuggets and the denver and uh, not the denver the colorado avalanche yeah it's so random he owns like I, I don't know how many owners are there out there that own people like uh teams in different states but he also owns Walmart. Like he made his money through Walmart. So basically, every single Denver sports team—I don't know who owns the Colorado Rockies—but every single the three of the four major sports teams in Denver are now controlled by Walmart. So, uh, Dick Bonfort owns the uh, the uh, Av- not the Avalanche, the Rockies. 
Oh, okay. Dick and Monfort. What a name. Oh, um, maybe he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> okay. But here's the thing with this, though. Now, I was going to – well, Ramey's off camera, but I'll say this, Matt. Three of the five richest teams in the NFL now are all three of our teams. Yeah. I think it goes Dallas, New England, L.A., New York. Or it's L.A., New I think York. The, is I think the Giants are – the Giants then, are top five? Well, let me yeah. Look well, the Giants are also – like because here's the thing, though. The Giants are a legacy thing. Like, yeah. There's been – it's it's been a family business ever since it started with uh, John's dad – Wellington. It's Cowboys, Patriots, Giants, Rams, Washington. What? That's a, that, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a spicy meatball that's for sale soon. The, um, the Jets are in the ten, the top ten. They're eighth. Wow. Yeah, the, the richest owner though by net worth though is the Carolina Panthers owner. He's a hedge fund manager of sorts. David Tepper. How much is he worth? Fourteen billion. I know the. Uh... The Walton family who owns Walmart are like insane. Yeah. I don't know how much he specifically is worth, but that's must be nice to have. Although there's a salary cap, so it's not like it really means anything. I Brammy's officially just gone. I guess. He he hates the Denver Broncos, clearly. Yeah, obviously. Not a big yeah. fan of Denver. All right. Yeah. But even you know how I said earlier about like the richest owners, like Jerry Jones, obviously, because I don't know if that's like, look, the Cowboys, but then also, too, it's the fact that it's just it's a global icon. Here he is. He's coming back in. But um, back. he's back. But Oh, he got rid of his headphones. Yeah, the headphones stopped working. I could not hear anything you guys were saying. The headphones. Um, and then, yeah, like, even with the Patriots, I don't know what Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for, but Robert Kraft bought the Patriots for $140 million back in 1994, and the team's worth close to $5 billion now. So I think he's made pretty good money. It's interesting how that happens. Like out of nowhere, you win a few championships and then your value skyrockets. Or if you're the Knicks, you don't win anything and your value is still all time high. How much well, did Kraft pay for the Patriots? 140 million. That's what uh, Jerry Jones paid for the Cowboys. And now what, what did Steinbrenner pay for the Yankees? Like 15 million? <laughs> Something ridiculous. I don't even think it was that much. Uh, bought a person. Like Insane. I know the. What was it? I know Fenway Sports Group just bought the Penguins for like nine hundred million too. Fenway Sports Group buying the Penguins—that's weird. Yeah, I know it's weird, but I'm just saying like how that's how money works. Like how it just keeps you basically look—it's just an investment, and you kind of watch your investment sink or watch it grow. And for Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, they've watched it grow. And same thing with Kroenke. But with like for example, the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Knicks. It's because they're like staple franchises. No matter how much people hate them or no matter how good or bad the team is, like, look, the Knicks will always sell out. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. People still go to their games no matter how bad they are. Look at the Rangers, too. I mean, they're good, at least. Well, I think a lot of people will go to the Knicks games to see the opposing players, too, and just being in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, but they're always always loud for the Knicks. Even though we're so bad, like, if the Knicks are ever good, they take over New York. more than the Yankees, Giants, everyone. They're always the topic of discussion when they're when they're good. It's it's, it's kind of like the Leafs up here. It's just there are certain teams that when they're good, they're good. But it's also too it's good for the league that they're good. Like I say this about even though Matt and I despise the Cowboys, um, it's a good thing for business for the NFL when the when the when that team is going deep in the playoffs if they make a I run. Feel, to be honest, I feel like the fucking Jaguars could be going to the Super Bowl and they're still going to be making a ton of money. Fuck the Cowboys. 
You know what I mean? It, it like would be just, it would be super helpful for the NBA if the Knicks were good. Like you just New York market is just fucking garbage. Like it's a wet dream for the NBA if you had both the Lakers and the Knicks as like championship oh contenders God. at the exact same time. Yep. Like the Yankees and the Dodgers. That's I'm sure that's what fucking Rob Manfred wants. He doesn't want like Brewers twins. Exactly because it's like even, ratings on that. You even look like look at four years ago when it was Boston versus the Dodgers. It's the same thing when you get two big markets like that going head to head. And then in like what was what was last year again? Oh, Houston and Atlanta. Like it's still big markets, but it's not like mm, yeah most massive markets in the world. Yeah, it's all it's all that's what it's all about. And then even the thing I don't know if you I got to read you this one tweet actually that came up from a Denver sports reporter earlier today. I just got to scroll and find it. Um, was it Woody Page? No, it was not. It was someone that it was, I think, Mike Mike Klein, as I scroll through uh, all the stuff I just, because I basically message, uh, I usually just send articles and stuff just to kill the day at work and whatnot. Let's see, where is it? Right, right here for Mike. Uh, this is going to be a hard, it's Mike Kliss is the guy's name, K-L-I-S. Mike Kliss. That's yes. not what I thought you just said. Uh, before taxes and fees, John Bolin, Pat's brother. So Pat Bolin. So the backstory of the Broncos was Pat Bolin was the owner. I think he had dementia or Alzheimer's, and then he had to step down because he was getting sick. He passed away a couple of years ago, and then it was just kind of this whole kind of a circus to sell the team after he passed away. Yeah. So before taxes and fees, his brother gets twenty two percent of the four point six five billion. That's one point zero two three billion dollars. That's pretty nice. And then there's seven children. This is the big thing that I think why they sold is because there are seven Bolin kids and none of them could figure out who ultimately wants to take control of the team. So the seven children are going to split 78%, like the other 78%, or 11.14% each. That's $518 million and $10,000. Yeah, More than half a billion each. Thing is, many, if not most of the Bolin kids would have rather had kept the team. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I Part of me believes it, but part of me just thinks that there wasn't one who wanted to step up and take control, so that's why they probably took the team. But at the same time, too, if you want to run the Broncos or if you want to make $500 million like that, I think you take the $500 million and run, even though the Broncos have been in Bullen's name for a while. The only other thing, too, is – and I know now I feel like we're playing a game of one-upsmanship with the stadiums, and there's a rumor that the Denver Broncos, like he wants to come in and build them brand new, like one of those mega stadiums. I'm surprised he wants to spend any money. They don't. They can't pay their workers. I mean, it's the same thing as that's that's Washington. This is Denver. No, the guy who owns Walmart just bought oh, the Broncos. He can't true. pay his workers, but he wants to buy a new pay for a new stadium. But then, even still, with stuff like that, though, it's always just like a mate. Like I, I don't know if you guys ever listened to it, but in, back about uh, two months ago, I had one of my Buffalo Bills guys on here, and he was we were talking about their stadium situation and just how messy it kind of got. But at the same time, too, everyone kind of knows. Look, they're here for a long time. If you build a new stadium, there's more to it than just the football team itself and how much money it can bring to the area. So that's why I think they want to do it. But at the same time, too, I feel like with the stadium, it's like, oh, hey, our stadium, like Jerry Jones builds this huge scoreboard. And then SoFi comes in with the Oculus. And then it's just elevation after elevation of new stadium. So that's something I heard briefly. I don't know how true it is, but we'll see what happens with the Broncos situation as a whole. But I think more than anything, a lot of NFL circles are just happy to see that it's over with. Have they said if Peyton Manning is going to be involved with the team at all? Because I know there were some like owner groups that were thinking of purchasing that he was involved with. I don't think he was involved with the Walmart guy. I don't Walmart think so. I think, I think it's the two of them. Like I think it's the father and the son kind of like pool their money together and like purchase the team that way. I don't know if there's any involvement there. Even I do believe Peyton still lives mainly in the Denver area. Hey, he owns a bunch of Papa John's. 
Does he really? Yeah. Do you not remember Super Bowl 50? That's like one of the memories of like after the game was like Papa John was like hugging him the entire time or like right at his side. Oh, yeah. S. Robson Walton, the guy who bought the team, yeah. his net worth is uh, $57.9 billion. So he's, he's got a little bit of money, a little pocket change. Okay. And if you want to look up big, uh, big pocket, big, big money for net worth, look up Steve Ballmer. Oh, yeah. He's the, he was like, uh, what's his face? Bill Gates' right hand man. He's a yeah. ton of money. Developers, developers, developers. Who, and this might not be a knock, but for some reason reminds me of Randy in a way. Steve Ballmer kind of does yeah. actually. Yeah, he's worth about eighty-four billion. Yeah. Yeah, I would say being the CEO of Microsoft was a huge deal. Yeah, he also purchased the Clippers all by himself for two billion dollars, and he's privately, I'm pretty sure he's privately funding their new arena. Basically, he's taking the venue that AEW was in last week. The uh, I think it's called the Kia, the Kia Forum at the moment, like the LA Forum. I mean, Basically if you're taking worth eighty-four it, billion and not paying for it yourself, you're a dick. Exactly. That's the thing. But that's the thing, too. Like, that's the big thing with the Bills as well. The Bills didn't, like, the Pagulas are still worth a lot of money. They didn't want to front the money for the new stadium. Yeah. yeah. Steve Ballmer seems like a great owner, though. Like, like Mark Cuban type owner is just, like, awesome. Yeah. But then that's the thing. And then uh, I think he's pumping, like, four or five hundred million dollars into the forum to rebuild it so the Clippers can get their own arena because they don't want to be in the Staples Center. I refuse to call it by the new name. Um, yeah, I don't even know what it is. I forget what it's called. Crypto.com. It's, oh, yeah, that's that does not roll off the tongue. Yeah. Staples Center. It's like Madison Square Garden. Uh, what are it's we going to call it? The Chick-fil-A Center. Like, <laughs> oh, God, no. Homophobic and no home games on Sundays. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's not owned by Chick-fil-A, but uh, we have we're not no games on Sundays. Dude, that's like the Atlanta Falcons new stadium. I'm pretty sure there is a Chick-fil-A in there, but they don't open on Sunday. Guess when the busiest day of the week is? That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Is that real? That is real. Like, can they have, like, a stadium workers work instead of, like, a Chick-fil-A employee? Well, what's the point of having that? One day a week and a one day a week, they're, they're closed. That's pretty funny. You can come for college football on Saturday and we're open, but you come on Sunday? Nope. That's funny. Atlanta out of nowhere gets every single home game on Saturday or Monday. It's like, what's going on here? We need the yeah. Chick-fil-A to open. <laughs> They're going to be permanently on Thursdays. We need the concessions. That's how the, that's how all these owners make most of their money is the concessions. That's why COVID was such a bad issue because concessions, merchandise, parking. Yep. Chick-fil-A, Mercy. Yeah, that's crazy. They are open for about 100 events a year that happen right at the stadium that doesn't include the Falcons on Sundays, though. So you can go to another event and get your Chick-fil-A fix. I wonder who who owns that. Is somebody like licensing the Chick-fil-A and then it's like their little because Chick-fil-A doesn't let you own your own franchise. Like they still own it. And if you ever want to sell it or retire, like they buy it back from you. You don't get to like keep it and pass it down to family. Dicks. Yeah. The homophobia makes the chicken taste better. It is good chicken, but they're uh kind of sleazy. Yeah, this chicken but... tastes like Jesus still loves me. Falcons' new stadium is a Chick Fil A, which won't be open for most Falcons games. Yep, there you go. Um, learn something new every day. So, staying on the topic of money and everything like that. So, you know how the Rams before said "f them picks." Yeah, they said "f that money" too. No, they're saying "fuck the salary cap" now because Cooper Cup. Um, $75 million guaranteed out of an $80 million raise. And Aaron Donald, I think he's getting 
I gotta look up the I got I gotta look up the exact figures. I slide through. Uh, I believe it's sixty-five million guaranteed for two years. If he comes back for a third, then it's ninety-five million guaranteed. Two NFL years, sixty million dollar extension. Uh, the first he is the first non-quarterback to eclipse thirty million a year. Makes so sense. the 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 Rams, they're basically going all in. But this team is. Look, I get why they're doing it. They want a Super Bowl. Aaron Donald deserves it. Cooper Cup, he's earned the money. You're not going to be a good. This is like a. Sh- it's like short term gain for like potential long term failure, in my opinion. Like I'm not trying to diss the Rams or anything, but like, oh, we'll get that in a minute. Um, it's just one of those things where I look at it and I go, okay, cool, you're doing this now, but you're like, who's going to pay for this down the road? You're talking about if they the win two more Super Bowls, cap. I think it's going to be worth it. That's yeah. the thing. If you win, Cares. if you win, even, even if you one. win one, and people say by 2026 you're going three and 14 every year, less knee can just go like this and just have the finger, like just have his ring right here, just be like, yeah, you, just, you sign up for that. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm thinking about right now. Like, okay, you're doing this cool, but I think it's just you have to. Rams fans have to understand the repercussions. You're doing this now, but. Don't be shocked for when the team comes and you can't do anything. But for right now, enjoy it because the NFC is slim pickings at the moment. We'll see what happens. But both guys got their money. That's all that matters. I mean, the salary cap is going up every year, too. So it's it three, three four years, it might still be I'm okay. sure the salary cap got better when they got their extension. It makes no sense. Dallas is like, we're negative $8 million. Here's a giant extension. And now we have cap room. The, and then you have the Giants who have to cut this, everybody. Does it make any run. sense how the cap works for some teams and not for the other? Like, it's insane. The Here's a thing, giant extension, and then your money goes down. It doesn't make any sense. So I believe in coincidences. And last year, do you remember how the Patriots were on their spending spree and free agency where Bill Belichick just opened the checkbook? Yeah. A few days later, the TV contracts were announced. Robert Kraft's one of the main negotiators, along with Jerry Jones, for the TV contracts for the NFL. So I have a feeling Robert Kraft knew what was coming, gave him permission to spend the money. And so that's why he went out there and did that, apart from having the cap room to do so. But that's just why I think it's kind of, hey, two and two go hand in hand. Like Kind of like how last year Dax, Dak Prescott signed his extension because Jerry Jones probably knew, hey, this money's coming. And the TV deals, which are, I think it's 310, it's either $310 million a season or $310 million over 10 seasons. But still... It's insane. That, that that alone is why the salary cap's going up. Apart from fans being back in stadium full time and everything like that, the TV stuff is a very, very, very underrated aspect of it. All. Well, the NFL salary cap's never going to go down. Just nope. the NFL is just the king. Well, think about it too. They're the only sport to not have shut down or had COVID impact them at all. Yeah, they got lucky. Very lucky. Baseball got fucked. Hockey and fo- hockey and basketball. Basketball kind of rebounded pretty well. Hockey. They Hockey's... both just had bubble championships. It was like they had a nice three-month layoff or whatever, and then they had bubble championships, then shortened seasons. Football was just like, yeah, we didn't play during most of COVID. And even still, they just pushed all the off-season workout stuff to virtual. The draft virtually 55 million viewers over three days because, you know, everyone was just craving sport. And then, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the NFL, like, never shut down. And then this year, all of a sudden, I know you guys are still – I don't know how you stand on the COVID regulations and everything, but NFL this year is, yeah, no, no more COVID, no more uh, rules or anything like that. I think it's just go with the punches if it happens. Yeah. But even last year, 
the fact that the NFL did not have to cancel a single game over the last few years is remarkable. Like when the NHL yeah. was still moving games, the NBA, yeah. I don't think they they really did. They just played with like random scrubs at points and stuff. And then and NFL got close. Wasn't there a Raider game where they had to move like four days or something? They got close, but it was it was only a few times. The Raiders were supposed to play the Browns on a Saturday. They pushed the game back to a Monday. So then we got the Monday double header, um, which I lost money on. Thank you, Derek Carr. Um, and then the Eagles and football team, Eagles and commanders, and then the Rams and the Seahawks went from Sunday to Tuesday because of it. I kind of like football team better than commanders. I'm not going to lie. Commanders is terrible. Not a, I mean, not that a big, whole franchise is terrible. Not a big commanders guy. I, I kind of like football team grew on me. It's just so like simple and dumb that it's good. It's just a little dust up, you know. It's just a little dust up. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, fucking Jack Del idiot. Yeah. Um, Him and Kane should get together and just fucking like fuck each other. I didn't realize they did a poll with Kane where they called him the smartest guy in the locker room. Well, like he's just a fucking right wing idiot. Like he's intelligent, but he's a, his policies are just stupid, and he's probably been a jackass his entire life like that. But nobody ever talked politics, I guess. I guess not. It's just people. You see people's true colors come out after a while. Yep. Fucking Taker in his Blue Lives Matter shirt. Get... <laughs> um, oh, it's so depressing to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what was I going to say next? Oh, my God. Uh, what were we talking about before? Um, I completely lost track. Yeah, were you paying attention to Nestor and his, like, negative eight strikeouts now? No, I'm trying to stay away from it. I checked it before we started recording, and I didn't want to know until after, but it's all good. Yeah, it's um, not go- he's basically throwing batting practice at this point. And he's back to normal. Yep. Thanks, Nasty Griff. List. That's what happens when you bet on Nasty Nestor. Yeah, I just thought it was Nestor Court. It was Nestor Day. That's all. Oh, he's been so hot. I know the Yankees have been crushing the Twins lately. Um, God damn it, Griff. Oh, we were talking about money and stuff. That's right. And everything with the NFL. And we completely like just went off guard with everything with commanders and stuff with COVID. But look. The NFL salary cap is going to get to over 200 million. A lot of these contracts can settle themselves out. It's just when you put your like with when the when Randy was saying the stuff with the Giants, it's one of those things where the Giants just put their money with the wrong guys, so that you have to make bad situations and sacrifices, like the James Bradbury cutting. Depressing. Couldn't sign your own rookies. You had to cut a guy. That's that's what a bad GM does. Fucking Way to go, idiot. Dave Gettleman. Absolutely horrendous that they just fucking. Were, how, how do you not notice what he's doing? He's a moron. Ugh, I, I don't. I don't want to talk about him anymore. He's just a jackass. Okay, let him retire. Didn't even fire him. Yeah, it's because John Mara is a fucking spineless piece of shit. It's a fucking moron. Well, didn't we kind of learn that with the Eli stuff when he kind of like let it go on longer than it should have? That's a shitty owner. If that was Mark Cuban, he would have been like, "Listen, uh, McAdoo, go fuck your own face, Eli. You're going in." Like, you mean the just, same Ben McAdoo who's calling plays for the Carolina so, Panthers this year on offense? It's going to be – oh, God. As if they didn't have a shitty enough offense, now Ben McAdoo is going to be – no. That's, yeah. that's bad. So, Matt, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter last week, but there's a little spat Alex and I had over me because I think you kind of know where I stand with Daniel Jones and where Alex stands on Daniel Jones. You both overrate the Joneses. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. Where do you stand on Daniel Jones? Uh, uh, right in the middle, kind of. I believe he can be good. Not, I don't think he's going to be fucking incredible, but we have a real coach now. 
we have a real fucking GM. He, this is this is it. I'm glad they didn't pick up the option on him because you know just let him play and then see what they can do. But if he can be the answer and you don't have to draft a quarterback, it would be kind of nice. So then what's a season then that he needs to have for him to win the starting job in a contract next year? Because you know next year they probably won't give him a, I I wonder, a long-term deal. I think he'll franchise him. I wonder that most likely they would probably do that. And then they would draft a rookie. I would think. I don't know who's coming out next year, but he needs Bryce to have Young, just, CJ Stroud, DJ Ungalele, uh Spencer Rattler probably. Next <laughs> Spencer Rattler. He'll be projected guy. as a first round pick and transfer again. He yeah. was this year, and then Caleb Williams came in, and so now he transferred to South Carolina. So we'll see. But going into last year's draft, Spencer Rattler was like the guy. It was like him and Sam Howell, and then Spencer Rattler didn't even come out, and Spencer Howell went in the fifth round. But so basically, yeah. the office here right now is this next year's quarterback crop is already leaps and bounds better than this year's. Fucking Spencer Rattler. I wonder if he even gets drafted. Someone will take him. I don't know. Jones just needs to stay healthy. Just stop getting fucking hurt. Like, seriously. Who's our backup now? Who did we? I don't even know who our backup quarterback is. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah. So known. we actually have, like, a guy who can actually play. It's not Mike Glennon. So, But if we see a lot of Tyrod Taylor, it's probably not a good sign. Just cut down on the turnovers and stay healthy. What about Saquon? Hey, that guy needs to just fucking be, stay like, healthy. his rookie season. Yeah. But then they, they can't afford – what if they're both amazing? How are they going to pay him? I think it's just one of those things where you have to – it's going to be who is more valuable to your franchise, which if I'm playing the game of that – the running back. Yeah, you don't play the running back. But I don't, I don't know if he'll be good enough for them to sign long-term. I feel like it'll be a franchise and then like – the worst-case scenario is he's good enough where you're like, wow, he could be re- – he looked really good. And then they don't take a quarterback and then you're, you're fucked again. I feel like they're probably going to draft a quarterback depending on where they finish. Their schedule is not that hard. If he stays healthy and has a good year, they franchise him, kind of give him one more year to really prove that he can be the guy, and then they try to give him a long-term contract. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I hope he's the guy, but we'll And see. then who knows? If it doesn't work out, you can sign a 48-year-old Tom Brady. That would be nice. So your first six weeks next year is at the Titans versus the Panthers versus the Cowboys versus the Bears at the Packers Versus the Ravens, I think worst I see case two out guaranteed of that, wins right there. Pardon me. I see two guaranteed wins right there. I, I see if they two, survive that at five hundred, like that'd be a, I'd take that as a win. If they go three and three or two and four throughout the first six weeks, I think that's a win. They should they should win at least two. If they if they go one and five or something, then it's just another year and Jones is gone and fucking blowing it up. It's going to take then, a while for Shane to rebuild the whole franchise, but. But then here's the thing. Your next four, at Jags, at Seahawks, versus Texans, versus Lions. If they don't go at least three and one, then we're something really bad happened to us. And then Maybe, Cow- maybe we're just not good. Maybe we suck also, and we're fucking in the top five again. And then verse, and then verse, and then verse Commanders, verse Eagles, verse Commanders, at Vikings, verse That's Colts, such a stupid schedule. Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. It's you could be like that. six and four after ten weeks. With that cupcake schedule, and then finish like six and eleven. That would be a step up, but if they don't have at least seven or eight wins, it's like the fuck. Yeah, but they're killing my brand this year. Danny Dimes Prime Time. There's only going to be one podcast for it this year. Uh, we don't deserve any prime time games. We shouldn't have any, to be honest. 
You have you have three marquee games because the Packers game is in London. Remember, so bad. And then Fucking breakfast. And then the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I hate that too. I hate that. I don't want to fucking watch my team on Thanksgiving. I think Giants Cowboys is also a Monday night game too this year. Yeah, week three. God, Joe and at Troy. Least, at least I'm off Tuesdays now, so I can actually watch Monday night football and enjoy it. Yeah, but in that game, it'll probably be what thirty-one to three by halftime. Yeah, but you can watch the Manning cast now. It doesn't matter. That probably will be a game they don't do. No, um, they, Eli has, has to do the Giants game. There's no way they don't do that. Uh, my thing with the Thanksgiving one too is, is I feel, I know I complain I know I also had the Twitter thing with you guys before where I said was, look all three of our teams play on uh, Ramy's teams are given on Thanksgiving every year but Matt and I both of our teams are on Thanksgiving this year um, when I said the Giants Giants versus Eagles the Cowboys game is the one I was least looking forward to I also feel like the NFL schedule makers get lazy and so like when Detroit hosts an NFC team they always do NFC North so it's either like the Lion like the Lions versus like the Bears or the Vikings yeah, and then for the Cowboys it's always an NFC East team. You want to do a division round? Nobody wants to see like the Lions and the fucking like Jaguars. No, but even like, if they at least did... you get Lions Bears, it's like all right, a division game, I guess. Yeah, but like even last year's game, though, like it was nothing. But then the Cowboys versus the um, Cowboys Raiders game was excellent Raiders. last year. Yeah, stupid Raiders. That was good stuff. I called that game as soon as I saw the Raiders were going to Dallas. I knew that game was going to be on Thanksgiving. It's a good one. I like yeah. how they add the third Thanksgiving game. Patriots Vikings, baby. Yeah, that's that's like a. I don't. I'm falling asleep on the couch with too much turkey. Nobody cares. You do realize game. we have four primetime games in a row, and that's the first one. The Patriots. We have Thursday night Thanksgiving at, at the Vikings. Then the next Thursday, they're at home to the Bills. The following week, it's Monday Night Football in Arizona, and then that Sunday, they're in Vegas to play the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. That Cardinals game does not belong in there. That's weird because the Patriots are not exactly exciting to watch. I think it's just the brand. It's like the Cowboys. It's the brand of the Patriots. I don't know. That's just that's a weird. Why, why are you putting the Cardinals and Patriots in prime time? Oh, because you can. Game. You can kind of. It's like the same reason why the Patriots and the Bears is a. Uh, the Patriots and the Bears is a Thursday night football game. Sorry, I'm just trying to. Uh, the Patriots and the Bears is a um, Monday night football game. Because oh, Patriots and the Bears, that's going to oh, be one of the worst Monday night games you ever had. Oh my no, no, no. god, that's can, a Manning cast for sure. Can I run down the Thursday night schedule for you? Because there are some doozies in here. It's like they just put the worst games. In well, their at least Thursday has Al Michaels now. Yes, but Week Six is the Commanders versus the Bears. Well, Thursday night's notoriously bad. They're Week like, 10 is the Panthers shoot. and the Falcons. That's like, why are you doing that? That's going to be a, what, five to three game? I guess that's just like nobody's going to watch that game on a Sunday. Just put it in primetime where people are like, it's football. I'll throw it on, whatever. Those should be the games you throw over to London. They don't like football anyway. Why are you yeah, giving them like the Packers? Oh, but week 16 is the Jaguars versus the Jets. Jesus Christ. Jets are going to put up 50. Um, the other games on here is you have the opening one is Chargers Chiefs, which is good. Then you have That's Steelers, good. Steelers Browns. I might rub some people the wrong way. Um, Bengals versus uh, Dolphins, uh, Colts and Broncos, Saints and Cardinals, Bucks and Ravens. Weeks eight that could be a good one. Oh, here's another doozy: the Eagles and the Texans. Ugh. Why? Uh, Titans Packers, Bills Patriots, Raiders Rams, Niners. 
the Niners Hawks. And then the last one, week 17, is the Cowboys and the Titans. That's in Tennessee, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's in Tennessee. Easy win for Dallas. Fucking Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, actually, I'm gonna we'll play a game later on, but they're kind of a team that'll fill in a position for that. Oh, and also, I gotta look up. The, oh, yeah. So then, Sunday night football schedule. Here's where it gets better. Sunday night football. So the first two games are good. Bills, Rams, Box Cowboys. I said, why are they doing Box Cowboys? But it'll draw in ratings. Um, I saw the hot take. I think that's a game the Cowboys can actually win. You know that like week one, like you yeah, always have like, won last year. They should have won last year. I had them on the spread last year. I had the Cowboys plus six. That's also because the Bucks weren't a really good spread team. Um, but week the Bucks two, win, though. Bears and Packers. That's classic rival. But you know, I feel like that's like you know how for years you bitched about the Giants and the uh, Cowboys always being like week one or week two Sunday night football. Always, all the time. I feel like it's the same thing. There's always certain matchups you will always get in prime time, no matter what. Like, give me – I don't need to play all those teams in the beginning. Give me, like, towards the middle, spread it out. I don't need to – give me, like, three or four games and then get into the division football. Week three, Broncos, Niners, uh, Bucks, Chiefs, That's really Bengals, good. and Ravens. That's good. Cowboys, Eagles. Always good. Uh, weird one, Steelers, Dolphins. That could, that could be good now if two is, like, halfway decent. Packers, Bills. Very good. good. Titans, Chiefs. It could have been better, but that's not bad. Uh, Chargers, Niners. That's pretty good. Bengals, Steelers. Very good. Uh, Packers, Eagles. Yeah. It's all right. Colts and Cowboys. That's good. Broncos, Chiefs. Very good. Patriots, Raiders. Nah, it's all right. Christmas night, Buccaneers, Cardinals. That's kind of cool. And then Rams and Chargers on uh, New Year's Day. Who uh, who's calling Sunday Night Football now? Al Michael, not Al Michael. Sorry, Chris Collinsworth. Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. Oh God, I'm just no offense to Tirico. Just I don't like his voice. With Melissa Stark on the sideline, Michelle Tafoya retired, and Fuck I think her. showed her true colors too. Yeah, she fucking sucks. Dumb bitch. Yeah, and then all these one- people exposing themselves as, oh wow, I watched you on TV for years, didn't know you were a piece of shit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And then Monday Night Football, uh, ooh, got Monday, and now i got Monday Night Football right here. Just give me a second as the page loads, which is now Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So weird. That's going to be so hard to get used to. I know. Um, which Fox, though, I do like. I did like – I'm going to mention that quickly. I, congrats to Kevin Burkhardt. I really like him calling games. Him He's and John good. Lynch were one of my favorites. He's good. Um, but let's see. Broncos Seahawks to kick off. Uh, mm. And then Should you have the Monday Night doubleheader of Titans, Bills, and – Vikings versus Eagles, which give me Vikings Titans. Bills. Eagles, that's the classic. Is that the ten o'clock game? It's an eighth. So, so this is the thing. So they're doing what, two seven fifteen, eight fifteen, seven fifteen, eight thirty. That's weird. Why not I do guess, six o'clock and eight thirty? Even still, I guess they're like nobody wants to see the fucking Vikings. Yeah, um, and then as we discussed before, Cowboys Giants, um, Rams Niners, classic always. Raiders Raiders Chiefs. Always good. Broncos, Chargers. So we have back-to-back weeks of AFC West. It's a great division. The one I did mention before, the Bears and the Patriots. Very bad. Um, I'm going to put games in circle because we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Halloween night, Bengals, Browns. The theme with orange. I like that. Um, oh, Halloween night. Yeah. Ravens, Saints. Who's going to be the Browns quarterback? Fucking Deshaun Baker. 
is Watson actually going to be suspended or not? And are they going to cut Baker? You ha- they have to suspend him and they have to trade Baker. Why would you keep him on your roster? If Ridley got a full year ban for sports gambling and Watson doesn't, that's just oh, he's not going to get clo- he's not going to get anywhere close to that. I feel like six games or some shit like that because he's not he hasn't been found guilty of anything yet, even though he's probably guilty of all of it. Yeah, there's um, no there's no like it's only a civil suit, so he'll probably get like four games. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, oh, here's a doozy. Week ten, Commanders at Eagles. Oh, it's a it's a division game, so it may, maybe it'll be competitive, but that's not exactly great. Um, I said Raven Saints. Uh, that's before the week before week nine. Week eleven is 49ers at Cardinals. Week twelve, Steelers at Colts. That could be an interesting one. Uh, week thirteen, Saints at Bucks. Always Patriots good. at Cardinals. Week fourteen. Week fifteen, Rams at Packers. That's week very six. Good. Week sixteen, Chargers at Colts, and then week seventeen, Bills at Bengals. Bills, Bengals, nice. Yeah. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. One, it, It's not bad. And then I also I don't know if you saw this, but I think next year the NFL and ESPN have the ability to flex Monday Night Football. It's like for the last four weeks of the regular season. So you're going to be getting games in there that are must-watch. Then the only ones that aren't posted are – do you guys remember last year how the NFL came out and said, yeah, we're going to put two games on Saturday with playoff implications, and then they just threw in two games that made no sense at all. We got the Eagles – Fucking practice squad. Yep. Yeah. This is stupid. That's the NFL for you. I, I don't know why they don't flex more. Like they don't give a shit about. Like who cares? Just fucking throw a better game on national TV. All I know is about that week. I know they have the new teams of calling games for all the networks. Like a lot of the new broadcast teams are going to be different. But there is something about Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit that I just love. Uh, not a fan at all. It reminds me way too much of college, and I don't like either of their voices. See, they're really good with college, but I kind of like have a soft spot. So when they called the the Chiefs Broncos game last year, I I enjoyed it. Not a fan, but like that's not going to stop me from watching. It's also not going to get me to watch a game because of a fucking announcer. See, that's the other thing too. Like why we're saying that's a double standard with NFL fans not watch a game. So you know how people bitch about like oh like how he's picturing about the Commanders and the Bears. Yeah, we're still going to watch the game. Yeah, but they could. It could be a better game. It could Why? be a better game, but for all the people that go, oh, I miss football in March and April. Don't bitch about a bad game in October. That's what I'm trying to say. Or, or just put like your best games on primetime. You think you, the NFL doesn't care that people are going to watch regardless? Exactly, and that's like the same thing too. So I don't know if you saw the schedule this year, but the Lions have no primetime games at all. They're the only team. Good. I have a take should... about that though. They have a they have a few good rook or uh, like second year guys like they're they're worth watching at least for fantasy implications. Yeah, and Dan Amon Campbell's Ross. a psychopath. Yeah, Shout out Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Um, the thing with the Lions is though, you would rather have that twelve thirty Thanksgiving slot that's going to get eyeballs no matter what than a crappy Thursday night game against a random team no one cares about. I, do NFL teams give a shit about their ratings? Like they don't care. Like the no, Lions are probably like whatever. Who ownership cares? Ownership does. I, do they though? They get money. It's like the, the Lions could have no primetime games. They're still getting that fucking slice of the the TV paycheck. So they're probably like, whatever. Who cares? But think about it. If you're when you're on Thanksgiving in that twelve thirty slot, that's a slot everyone's watching. Yeah, it's, I think that the night game is probably the lowest rated one. But that's everyone's got th- the first two games on. 
Yeah, because I feel I don't know how I don't know why, but also to the quote Lois Griffin, dinner for some reason is at two thirty on Thanksgiving. Um, even when we have Thanksgiving up here, we still eat at four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon. But yeah, um, I feel like with Thanksgiving, the twelve thirty game, you kind of watch it, and then you and then I probably guess some people either eat during the second game or in between yeah. a quick period in between the two, and then you use the third game to kind of like just relax. Third game is like dessert and just yeah. Yeah. Fall asleep on the couch with a pie in your lap. The first game is the appetizers, and then like by the the end of that game, and then towards the beginning of the second game, you're eating the main course. Then desserts out by the third one, and you're passed out on the couch. You know, the last two years I've taken work off just to watch football on Thanksgiving, and I have not regretted it for a second. When's Canadian Thanksgiving? Uh, week five, October 9th. October. Yeah. yeah. It's smart. Take that day off. Just relax. That's what I do, but hey, I have a cushy work from home job now, so maybe I'll be able to do that this year. Um, which is something we'll talk about off air. Um, I don't I, look. I don't want to talk about where I work and everything like that on air. People don't need to come be like, "Hey, you host that podcast." Or, I don't need Randy coming to the office. You're doing a stupendous <laughs> job, Griff. As I'm getting reamed out by my boss. You would love to see Randy at the office. Do you imagine that he just goes up to Canada? <laughs> hey, Griff, you're doing a great job, and then just walks away. <laughs> You came all. You came seven hours to Canada to just tell me that. You're doing a great job. What the fuck, Griff? Who's this? I I don't know. Oh, Randy Osga, number one fan. We love you, Randy. Um, But yeah, that's the thing with Canadian Thanksgiving, though. Is like, look, we still like. Even there's people up here who will tell me, yeah, they still watch NFL football, even though it's Canadian Thanksgiving football. Don't necessarily go together. There's still a lot of people who watch it because guess what? It's the only sport on because it's right before hockey starts. Yeah, October is the fucking best month. Start of hockey, start of basketball, playoff baseball, NFL season full swing. Yep, all four right there. It's the best. You have that one Sunday where, like, all four going on. It's like the World Series, the NFL, the start of the NHL, and the NBA is, like, in their first week. It's awesome. I wonder if anyone's ever had their favorite four favorite teams win on the same day. How sick would that be? If your team's in the World Series, they win that day. Can only no, but this earlier this year, um, so – Obviously, you know how dates like today is June 8th, so 6-8. Yeah. Um, in Toronto, our area code's 416. So on April 16th, we had four teams playing on April 16th. So we had NHL, MLB, NBA, and MLS. I know a lot of people don't consider MLS to be like one of the big – up there with the big professional sports. But still, all four professional teams play on a day, and I thought it was something noteworthy and kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Two of the four did win. Jays, Jays and Raptors lost, Leafs won in overtime, and Toronto FC won. I remember that. Um, but, yeah, that's just something I wanted to point out where it's, like, cool like that. But even I even saw, like, with that going back to betting, Matt, someone yesterday put, like, 150K on the Rays and the Lightning to win, and both won, and he won, like, almost four. He won, like, I don't like have, I wish I, had the, I barely have the balls to put, like, 50 bucks down on a fucking game, let alone <laughs> that much money. That's, like, when I see weird, obscure bets, like, someone placed, like, like when someone's like, oh, we have 150K better on this. We have like someone who's putting like 300K on this. I'm like, imagine just like throwing 300 grand on the table, being like, yeah, it's like that family guy episode. I'm here to bet on sports. Uh, what team? Nope, just take my money. Yep, here you go. Would you like to pick a team? Nope. Yep, nope. Like, that's the thing. Just imagine if you had that money. Like, yeah, like, because that's my whole rule of sports gambling is I pay, like, some people I think might think I'm betting big bucks. No, I bet what I can afford, what I'm okay losing. If that's the way to do it. Go to the casino. You only take the amount of cash that you're willing to lose. That's why I don't bet. I'm not willing to lose anything. 
That's why there's two places where you follow that golden rule. One is the casino, and one, and this is for an older audience, is for the ballet. Either one of you know what I'm talking about. The ballet? It's code for something. Nope. Oh, come on, Matt. Rami knows. Rami gets it. Think. It's another type of dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jesus, that went way over your head. I'm getting like nine text messages at the same time. A lot of guys use a lot of guys use it just as code just so they don't get in trouble and stuff like that. Fuck. But um turned my phone off. Yeah, those are the two those are like the two places well well two places where you go in with the money you have and you do not bring your card inside. Yeah, I, I hate the casino. Like, just, don't don't bring your debit card. Do not what, or if you do, don't don't go to the ATM. Just when you when you have your winnings, you have your losings. You walk away. Yeah, just walk away. It's like the Kenny Rogers song. You don't want to hold. You don't want to fold. R.I.P. Kenny Rogers. Yep. Um. So you know how earlier we're talking about Daniel Jones and everything. I want us to all go around the room. This is where, folks. This is where everything's going to start to get fun. I know it's June eighth. The season actually begins in three months from today. We have 90 days till football. That's, That's awesome. crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so far, yet so close. I want to start with Ramey, but I want us to go around the room and give not like, say, when I say an outlook, I'm being like, Our team, my team's going to win the Super Bowl, unless you think your team's going to win the Super Bowl. But what you think a realistic expectation and record and outcome is for that team and like what you think or what you hope to see for that year. So for the Cowboys, you know, they're still the team to beat in the NFC East. The Eagles did improve. People are saying the Eagles are, you know, up there. They're going to win the division if they had a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is trash, so I don't know. It's the Eagles probably going to finish in second. Cowboys division to lose. I think they can probably realistically win 12 games, maybe 11. I don't see him being like 13 and four or 14 and three. I think 11 and six, 12 and five. We lost Amari Cooper, but you know, we it's CD's lamb. It's his time to shine. He's going to be the guy. He's got to step up or step out. New offensive line kind of coming in. The defense, I think, is going to be even better if you get a fully healthy year out of Demarcus Lawrence. Parsons in his second season. I think the defense is going to be good. Realistically, what they were the Fourth best team in the NFC at the least. You got the Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys. I mean, I think yeah. they're a definite playoff team. Would not surprise me if they could make it to the conference championship. I don't see them making the Super Bowl, though. Mike McCarthy's going to get fired at the end of the season, and then we're going to hire Sean Payton. Well, they're not better than the Bucks, the Packers, or the Rams. They're better than the Bucks, I think. I, I would take the Bucks a thousand times over the Cowboys. They're still a playoff team, though. They're a playoff team. Yeah, but they can happen at that point. They're not going to play the Bucks in the first round. They're not going to play the Rams or the Packers probably in the first round. How do you know? Because they're going to win the division. What happens? Uh, I feel like Jalen Hurd gets way too much shit. Like if he just learned how to throw like half as good as any he's other a, quarterback, they could be fucking amazing. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He's not a great NFL quarterback. Yes. So I think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys make the playoffs. They probably go to the second round. Not a Super Bowl team. I mean, they lost to who last year? The Niners. Yep. yep. The Nickelodeon game. Yeah, I don't. Uh, 
I don't see how they have any trouble winning the East. But after that, I, I don't hey, know. If, if Dak breaks his leg, then all bets are off. I mean, also, you're also not going to get 58 interceptions from Trayvon Diggs. No, but I hope um, I don't. I hope he doesn't go up 1,200 yards he's, as a cornerback. He's again. one of the most overrated. Like, he's a ball hog. Great. That's awesome. But I would rather no he way, gets no interceptions and no actually plays shutdown defense because that's his, his weak there's, point. There's no chance he repeats what he did last year. So that's already going to go down. But if he lets up a million yards again, nobody talks, seems to care about that. It's like, yeah, okay, he has all those interceptions and he fucking gets torched all the time. Yeah, but if Parsons has 17 sacks, it's going to be all right. Except he won't. He's going to play the edge a lot more than he did last year. I don't think think he's getting 17 sacks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys signed another linebacker so Parsons can play at the edge more. Uh, They're they're so lucky they're in such a shitty division. (laughs) They're in a shitty conference, too. Although the only thing in, in the NFC that's good is the West. Like the South, like you know, fucking. Is the West even that good? The Bucks are going to run away with it. I mean, at least the Cardinals should be at least good. At least there's competitive there. The Bucks are clearly the best. The Packers are by far the best, and the Cowboys are by far the best. I mean, let's look at this way: the AFC West, all four of those teams are better than any team in the NFC East. No, Seattle's horrendous. What are you talking? I said about? AFC West. AFC West. AFC West? Oh, AFC of course. West. AFC West is better than any team like in most of the divisions. They can, any one of those teams could finish fourth. If the Chiefs finished fourth and they were like fucking, I don't know, 10 and 7 or something yeah, like that. They'll go they 11 all, and 6, all, finish fourth, not all make the playoffs. Four, all four of them should make the playoffs. Seven teams make it. All, all four of them will make it. And then just the division winners. Sorry, Patriots, you're staying home. Just imagine that Bills one seed, Bengals two seed. Colts three or the the AFC West whatever one of those and then three four and five Vegas Chargers Broncos in any order one of those teams I still think is going to be a disappointment Raiders I mean they they weren't even that good last year and they finished ten and seven Baltimore was also horrendously injured and still finished nine and eight eight or ten and seven eight and nine eight and nine my bad yeah it's close I mean that's a good division too. Depending on what fucking Mitch does with the fucking Steelers, um, well, that's the Bengals' division to win. He just I needs think, to be competent. I there's the thing. I'm going to say this right. I want to go off on a bit of a side thing with the Steelers. Look at what they've done the last few years with Ben Roethlisberger. They made the playoffs the last few years. If you can get plays to where Mitch Trubisky doesn't constantly fuck up, if he can play middle of the pack football, and your defense can win you a few games. Imagine if they had a good quarterback. He just needs to be a game manager and not make mistakes and yeah. not do the stupid things that Ben Roethlisberger did. That is okay. literally it. And also, too, Mike Tomlin teams don't finish with losing records. The Steelers, yeah. are, they're going to lose some heartbreakers, but they're going to be that team that they're always in it. They're always going to be a scrappy bunch, for lack of a better word. They have T.J. Watt. That's all you really need. I mean, just get out of that man's way. He stays healthy. Their defense is going to be phenomenal. Najee Harris, you have Deontay Johnson, Pat, Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end as well, Chase Claypool. They don't have Juju doing stupid TikToks. Yeah, but they have Claypool's just as dumb. Didn't he say stupid shit too? Isn't he a moron also? Not no. I don't think he's a TikTok moron. No, I'm pretty sure he said something stupid. I don't know. I do um, not remember this. We talked about this. Okay, Matt, since we talked about it earlier, um, 
So for the Giants, obviously we talked about what does Daniel Jones need to do to keep his job, but what do you think in your mind the Giants' realistic season looks like? Uh, they went four, I think. They won four, four games last year. Four and 13. They beat four and 13. Saints, Panthers, Raiders, and I think the Eagles yeah, won. They have like six or seven winnable games. As long as they're showing improvement, I don't really care what the record is. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not even going to come close. So if What they would went- you say is showing improvement? If, if we're losing, like, heartbreakers, I, I could live with that. Like, I just want Daniel Jones to at least be competent. Like, not going on a streak of losing double-digit games for, like, five, six games in a row? Well, I mean, we didn't really have much going for us last year. You Mike know what Glennon, I mean, though. Mike Glennon was quarterback. Like, I could have done better than Mike Glennon. I could dump off better than Mike Glennon. So they win four games. I would say if they improve at all, that's fine. That's great. But just show it. Saquon stays healthy. Jones stays healthy. And then we just fucking can get into next year and then Shane can really like get rid of the bullshit from Gettleman and then start to build his own team because they did great in the draft so they can redraft again and then finally build a competent franchise but we'll f- we really need to see what Daniel Jones is that's the only reason to watch the Giants is to see what they have with him no other reason I think with the I even, I think of the Giants and the Jets, it's a similar thing. I think a lot of people like with, with the Jets. I know a lot of people are waiting to see what, what Wilson can do, and I'm one of those people where I'm like waiting to see before I make a true judgment on them. But if they can be that team where they're not exactly going to be at the top of the wild card list, but if you're in that Steve Kornacki in the hunt graphic, even say the weeks before between Christmas and Thanksgiving, that's still a win. But then like. Say if you're like six and it's week 15 and you're like six and eight and it's like, oh, hey, you have to win this game to keep your hopes alive and then you lose. I can see the Giants being in that situation. The NFC sucks, so they have a shot. They have a shot. I think it's just really what do the other teams that are in that wild card window do? Like if you're looking at the teams that are going to be in the wild card position, you look at the Vikings, you look at the Saints, you look at the Eagles, you look at the Cardinals. I'm going to soak with the 49ers in that conversation. And those teams are all like, they're not incredible and they're just in a tough division. It's like the Saints are not going to be that great, but there's nobody else who's like in that level, like the Vikings and the Saints. Those are all like mid-level decent teams. So if the Giants pick up a few W's here and there like that they weren't supposed to, they could be right in it. Obviously, if they somehow were in it, they're they're not going to make it. But. I mean, we think about the teams that are just going to be awful in the NFC or in the in the NFC. You got the Falcons, terrible. Seahawks, terrible. Panthers, terrible. Lions, terrible. Bears, bear. <laughs> My God, Lion, I forgot about the Bears. Lions should improve, though. They should improve, but they're still not going to be you know a twelve win team. They're going to be other a max teams four to five like, win team. Exactly. All those other teams are like two three win teams. The Bears might go out in seventeen. Did they really lose that much? Because they won somehow won six games last year. Have well, you seen Justin is, Fields though, play quarterback? No one has faith in Justin Fields. It's new management, new coaching. They didn't really bring in anyone to improve. Yeah, but Who they somehow won coach? six games. Uh, Matt Eberflus. Oh, Eberflus. And apparently they don't have faith in him. They do have Darnell Mooney still. They still have David Montgomery, and they have Cole Komet. But besides that, like, their defense is nothing to look at. It's Their defense is not good at all. This is going to be a team that – they can score. Like they're gonna score. They get. They may, they'll probably stay in games, but there's gonna be a few games where they just purposely, not purposely, but they're just gonna get their asses kicked. Fucking commanders. Yeah, and even the, the commanders too are in that like they could, but I don't see it. Um, they should have done a lot better than they did last year. Fucking Jack Del Rio, an idiot. I was gonna chase Young tearing his ACL. If he knew how to coach defense, maybe uh, they would have been a little better. 
they have pieces on defense that can help them, but at the same time, too, it's just like it's just they're, they're such a wishy-washy organization. Like I, they're they're probably going to be a seven-eight win team. And they'll just be on the outside looking in, in my opinion. Um, on to me now. Um, so I know a lot of people think the Patriots. I know what they think of the Patriots step back or potentially. I've seen even seen fourth place for the Patriots, but like the Steelers. And I also don't think this is too – I don't think we need to see a crazy leap from Mack in his second year. I think as long as he can, you know, still be a game manager, maybe if Bill can give him a little more leash to throw the ball. Um, this was a 10-win team last year. I just can't see them – if anything, you know what, I think worst-case scenario for them is still an 8-9 and nine team. My best case is 11-6. and six. If they go – things go their way, you win a couple games you're not supposed to because every NFL team – you always win a couple games you're not supposed to. Like look at last year with the Giants against the Saints and the Raiders. Those were games I don't think anyone saw them winning going into the week. The Patriots had a few of those. So as long as they can play mistake-free football, as long as Matt can show little room of improvement, it's like, you know, I don't know if either of you guys have played a guitar before, but you know you see someone like fine-tune a guitar and it goes from like sounding kind of shitty to sounding kind of a lot better. Yeah. That's what I think Mac needs to do. Mac's not that guy where it's like, Second year leap. Like, yes, he's lost weight. His deep balls look better in OTAs and minicamp so far. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But in all honesty, as long as I think it's just up to Belichick to give him more leash and like the Steelers, Belichick, if this is my thing too, if the 2020 team that was horrendous went seven and nine, I can't see this team being how I think that's why I say eight and nine for this football team. How can this team lose at worst case scenario more than nine football games? So I think wild card or in the hunt just because with the AFC wild card pitcher, it's stupid. So we'll wait and see what happens. And me saying too, about the AFC West, the team's going to disappoint and miss the playoffs is because you, there's no way all four teams are going to finish with plus 500 records. I just, unless it's like nine and eight, I can't see there being like four, like all four double digit wins. Well, I mean, last year, the Broncos were seven and eight, the other seven three teams, seven and 10, the other three teams had winning records and the Broncos got better. I could definitely see them all having nine or more wins. That's what I'm saying, nine or more wins. That's what I'm thinking. But they could all make the playoffs because there's nobody any good. Like the entire AFC South is like the Colts will make it, and then you know, does anyone believe in the Titans? Like, So the teams that I still have in the mix for the AFC to make it is I have Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Indy, Buffalo, New England, and then all four teams from there. That leaves Cleveland. It's really hard. Jacksonville, to make it. Houston, Miami, New York. That's five teams I can't see making it. And I know Miami got Tyreek Hill. I just, I just don't trust Tua. I, 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 I don't know. I'm. I think the Dolphins are probably finishing second. That's kind of similar to the Eagles. They're going to go as far as their quarterback takes them. Yeah. All he has to do is throw a three-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. And let him run. It'll be a wobbler like Eli used to throw. You know what's going to happen to me week one because the Patriots play the Dolphins week one? Do they play in Miami? Yeah. They're going to be 0-1. No. So here's the thing, though. I have a take about this. I prefer them to go down there when it's stupid hot than when they go down there in the wintertime having to adjust from the New England winter climate to the Miami warm climate. I know that sounds stupid. I don't think that matters to anybody. I don't think that matters to them. That's like saying Aaron Rodgers going to play in Florida. Like, I don't think he's going to be any different. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you know how some of the dome teams like the Saints for years have always been a little bit worse when they go up to, like, the Northeast during Christmas time because they're so used to playing in a dome. I feel like it, it would be harder for the Dolphins to adjust to go playing in the cold than 
Mac Jones to go play in the fucking when it's warm out. Well, the Dolphins do come here. The Dolphins come here. They don't come to Toronto. They come to New England New Year's Day, week 17. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, that's just my thing with the Patriots. Like I said, I think it's somewhere between 8-9 and nine to 11-6 is the best-case scenario. But, like I said, this is still – this is Buffalo's division. They should run away with it this time. Like, 11-6 and six was not what they were – we were expecting them to do last year. They also lost a few games they should not have lost. Like, remember, they lost to Jacksonville. They lost to – they got their asses kicked by the Colts and that Jonathan Taylor, like, four touchdowns that one game. They lost to the Patriots. The Monday night or three, three – Mac Jones three passes in that weird shitty weather. Yeah, that's that's a really bad indication of what Bill thinks of Mac Jones. If Josh Allen threw what thirty times that game and he only let Mac throw three times. Yeah, but I mean Josh Allen didn't even throw fifty percent that game either. No, I know, but at least they like they were like, Okay, we can't just fucking run and the the Bills like I just I consider I'm guessing they had money on the Patriots. It's like you know you they're knew running what the they ball, were doing and yeah. you still couldn't like even bother to stack the box. I want to see their schedule. I want to see Buffalo's schedule quickly because I know they play the Patriots week that one Thursday night or after Thanksgiving, and then they play them again uh, week 18. Um, so that's what I pulled up because I have the Rams. So, so their schedule is – that's preseason. Rams, Titans, Dolphins, 2-1. and one. I think they just lose the opener because you have to travel cross-country and it's a Thursday, even though it's the first game of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the shit out of the Rams. The Rams come out with a fucking hangover and just get the shit kicked out of them. The Bills are pissed. They have yeah. a lot to prove. Um, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Packers, that's their October. It's not exactly easy. Yeah, but then their November is Jets, Vikings, Browns, Lions. That's where they should go 4-0. and And then December is Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears. They should go undefeated again. And then Bengals Patriots to close the year. So I still think that team is uh, twelve and five to thirteen and fourteen. I think they're they'll, they'll, like because look, every year you lose a few games you're not supposed to, but I think thirteen and four is very realistic for that football team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I also have a take for them, and I want to hear what you guys think. I think this year, if they do not win, I don't know when they'll win, because next year is when Josh Allen's contract kicks in. Excuse me, and you know this year we had to see the Chiefs trade Tyree Kill because of contract stuff. Yeah. Next year, oh, I think oh. there'll be a harder decision to make in regards to that. So I still think for the Bills, it's it's a now or never season. Didn't they offer Tyree Kill more money in Kansas City, and he just wanted to leave, or was it all about money? I can't remember because well, they offered him a deal. They did, but then also last year too, when him and Kelsey were asked about pay cuts, he said no. Well, he's an idiot. He doesn't know how what a restructure means. When they asked him to restructure a couple of years ago, he said, uh, well, you offered me this contract. You should honor it. Like You're still getting paid, moron. You're just getting it up front so the team can sign up. He's too stupid to fucking yeah. understand what that means. So, like, imagine choosing Tua over Patrick Mahomes. Like, fucking dumb are you? Yeah. Also, last year I knew that they were going to lose, and I know that, and I know I said it's on Twitter a lot about them, the Patriots live rent-free in the heads of Bill's Mafia, but um, that's also a statement I'll go to the grave with. Um, but... Last year, after the AFC wildcard game, and you can look a video of this because it happened, they played We Are the Champions in their stadium. What, after they won the wildcard game? Yep. Of course, they're the wildcard champions. Woo! 
As soon as they said that, Patriots fans just started laughing. As soon as we saw that, we just started laughing. I mean, they probably would have won the Super Bowl if they just, like, cheat. It seems to be the way a lot of teams win the Super Bowl. So they just try that. But also, too, they, they, hey, look, there's they would have gone to the AFC Championship game and probably the Super Bowl if they hadn't squib kicked it to Tyree Kill and that with the 13 seconds left. It's a huge mistake. But you bang that ball down deep, you probably are going to the Super Bowl. That's still one of the craziest games I've ever watched. I mean, that's just... amazing. I love watching games like that when you have no rooting interest. Yep. Uh, that's I, I why feel like every game, like I just find myself picking a team that I want to root for. But that one, it was like I like both teams. I really don't care who wins. Like if, Although if I was rooting happened, for Kansas City for some reason. If it was the Giants and not and not the Bills, would you probably would have killed yourself? Like that would have been the end of you, I think. Like I want to know what Matt would have been like. The Bills. Like we uh, switch conferences. Yeah. Yeah, you're in yeah. that game. That entire what? same situation happens, but it's the Giants and not the Bills. Like, what was Matt like I mean, in 2000? I've already, I've experienced worse than that, so it's like it's just another scar. Like, what was Matt like during the 2007 NFC Championship game in Green Bay? Uh, I was like not moving. I was just sitting in one spot the entire fucking night, <laughs> and a fear of jinxing the team. Tom Coughlin and his like beat red face in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. It's amazing he didn't get frostbite. Yeah. Um, and then, because the NFL is doing this recently, like, I don't know if you guys saw this when it first came out, but the NFL 100, like, they had the best 100 of everything. Like, they did game changers, games, yeah. players. Um, one of the games they did that was actually looked like a really good game was, I think it was the 19, it was either the 1990 or the 1991 NFC Championship game where the Giants went to San Francisco. 1990. 1990. They won on, like, four field goals. It was, like, 15 to 13 or something. Yeah, it was the game, like, they had Carl Banks talking about it, some other people, and, like, I know the Niners won, but there was that rumor of No, the, the Giants won. They did? Yeah. They stopped oh, their three-peat. Yes, that's right. And then there was the whole rumors about San Francisco looking past them completely and, like, yeah, already was, packing their stuff the Super Bowl. The, the Giants were just as good as they were that year. It was, they won 15-13. So then what was your reaction then? So I want to you'd be like then, but then also to what was your reaction during the 2011 NFC Championship game when Kyle Williams muffed that punt? Yeah, it was insane. I, I don't really remember my reaction. I probably just jumped and was like, "Holy fuck!" But like, yeah, those are nerve. Those are not fun games to watch, like at all. Whenever any playoff run is like, it's not enjoyable whatsoever until yeah. you win and then you can go watch the highlights. It's like terrible. But he, and then here's like here's the thing too with a lot of those stuff like with watching highlights. So we all know about David Tyree and everything like that. If the Giants don't win that game, I don't know if that catch goes down to the same infamy and lore as it does if they as it, as they had if they. I if mean, they as won. a as a catch, it's awesome, but like it doesn't mean as much. You lost. Like you know what I mean? Like the like the Julio Jones catch in Super Bowl Fifty One. It's like nobody cares because. Because you, you, you didn't win. Exactly. Like when you tell me that the, like I like from that game, I don't remember the Plaxico Burris catch that well. I remember the David Tyree one. You should remember it. it fucking Ellis Hobbs got absolutely fucking juked. That's yeah. my that's my background of my work computer. That fucking picture. By the way, in that same uh, year, the AFC Championship game, the Bills beat the Raiders fifty-one to three. They left three points. That's oh, a uh, like the defensive that, coordinator. It's got to be one of the most boring. Oh, the, and they scored at the three in the first quarter, so they didn't score for the rest of the game. Fifty-one to three, Jesus! Why even show up? 
That's brutal. Yeah, 15-13. It's a great game. I'll have my yeah. dad on the podcast. He watched it. I was five. Not even. That was like me if people remember too. Like it's like, oh, what was your reaction like for the first three Patriots Super Bowls? And like even though I was eight, ten, and eleven, I still don't remember. I remember the last three, but I don't remember the first three. John Moxley wins, by the way. What a shocker there. He's gonna face Tanahashi. He'll face uh I hope it's fucking ghetto. Ishii. Um hey, we can all watch it together in a couple weeks. Um It's true. Um, but yeah, that's the thing, like with a lot of these, like, but here's the other thing too. I know we also got into Twitter about this recently when I said, I prefer a close game to a blowout because a close game, you're just, you're into it. Like one of my most, this is going to sound super random, but do you want to own a game? I remember really well was the giants versus the Patriots in 2015, where we won on a last second field goal and Landon Collins had that. Yeah. He dropped an interception. The giants won that game and they fucking gave it right back. Like all you had to do is catch the ball. He fucking hits the ground and drops it. Idiot. But see, that's the thing. It's games like that that you always remember. Like, if I if you go back and look at like a random Giants blowout, it's not as memorable as that nail biter game. No matter if your team wins or loses. Some cases, the go watch the two thousand NFC Championship game. That's fucking amazing. And we blew the shit out of the Vikings. I was at that game. But if I'm watching a game, I don't want to fucking be sitting through that. But then when you get to watch it later, it's like, all right, cool. That was like, like me. With- the Super Bowls were not fun to watch at all. Like, like the Super Bowl enjoyable. against the Ravens? No, that was just like I, – I mean, I would prefer that to a, a close game loss. I'd rather just get blown out. I can just go fucking kill myself at halftime. I mean, you have yeah. to stay, stay around for the rest of the game. So Wait, so that, that playoff game against the 49ers where you blew that huge lead and then Trey Junkin? That's that's a, the worst loss I've ever seen. Just, you were like, I, what, 14, 15? 2002. We're the same age. You know how, exactly how old I was. Oh, so you were 15. Fucking idiot. You were what? Oh, we're the, we were born in the same year. I couldn't remember if it was 2001 or 2002. 2002. Yeah, I, I screamed and threw my jersey. I was so pissed. What happened then? I was like, I'm never going to see a fucking Super Bowl. The Giants blew, blew like a 24-point lead or something like that? Something like that. To the 49ers. Then they had a chance for a game-winning field goal. And they didn't and, call the pass interference at the end. Their long snapper, Trey Junkin, who they had – didn't they had just they signed just, him or something? They just brought him back. And, it, he and fucked he, the snap up. He but screwed then, up the snap, and there should have been pass interference calls that they didn't call. It should have been offsetting penalties, re-kick. And then he could have missed the kick, but at least he would have gotten it off without a penalty. And they would have fucking blown it. Jeff Garcia and fucking Terrell Owens as pieces of garbage. Oh, my God. 2002 Giants were actually pretty good, too. 20 years later, still haunts them. It pisses me off. Just, you fucking blew it ginormously. Like, what are you doing? Like that's me in the game. That's like that's me with the Super Bowl forty two. Like I always remember the Michael Strahan on the sideline. It's a seventeen to fourteen is the final score. Seventeen to fourteen, and like him saying all like, yeah. (laughs) But even to him saying the hype up stuff before the game, basically being like, we're not supposed to be here. This, this, and this. But there was one question that came up on Twitter, and it said, "Would you rather have twenty eight to three or nineteen and zero?" I think Tom Brady would take nineteen and zero thousand times out of a thousand he'd give away he'd give away at least one super bowl for that he'd probably give away two he's been on record for saying that but i think most fans are still going to go with 28 to 3 because at that point i'll always remember that game because when it was 28 3 like i had no hope i was just watching it but then it's not until they made it 28 to 20 with five minutes to go was when i actually had i'm like they can win this game there's no way 
the better yeah, feeling no the better feeling is probably oh we just made that comeback but i feel like most patriots fans would take the undefeated season because that's there's nothing better than that ever like super bowl and, two and, years prior when jermaine curse made that catch my heart just sunk and then out of nowhere malcolm butler makes the interception it's another like you didn't even win that game they lost like they literally hand the ball off. My God, they I blocked that one. Malcolm, Malcolm Butler made that interception. I didn't realize what happened. I realized he made it. And I like lost my shit. Such a like, I just it's inexcusable. Like it makes no sense. Your running back could have been fucking Ramy, and you just hand the ball off. I probably would have made it. You, I, yeah. Just it's insane. Yeah. I bet you they still are pissed about that in Seattle, and they'll never live that down. Um. I want to go to a couple more games before we wrap up today, guys, if that's cool. I'm going to call this one contender or pretender. I'm going to give you a bunch of teams who are on the fringe, and you tell me if they're a playoff contender slash could be a Super Bowl dark horse, or is it all hype? The first one is the AFC champions from last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you think they can make it back, or do you think last year was a like a Cinderella run? That's close. They were what ten and seven. Yeah, not really that great. I I I feel like they're legit, but also if they took a step back, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I I would say that they're they're legit. I don't see them being in the Super Bowl next year. I think they're a good team. They're going to be a playoff worthy team. But the Ravens were what two games out of the division lead. And they were ravaged by injuries. The Browns discount them. I could see them winning the division, but I could see them also being like nine and eight and missing the playoffs. The Browns, if they had a whole season of Watson, I could see the Bengals being like in like third. It's, it's a good division. Tough. Yeah. So, so I could see, I could I think they're a contender. I. Just don't see them going back to the Super Bowl next year. They could be anywhere from winning the division to not even making the playoffs, and you wouldn't be surprised at any outcome. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them going like two and fifteen. Don't get me wrong. No, they they could go anywhere from you know eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve wins. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me either way. But I'd say they're they're leaning more towards contender for sure. All right, the next team I got for you guys is the Indianapolis Colts. They're contenders. They they should win that division. Oh, you have no faith in Ryan Tannehill. No, Matt Ryan's good. Matt Ryan is good. If he had any talent around him, they would have been the Falcons would have done something. I mean, geez, the Colts what scored almost 500 points last season with Carson freaking Wentz as a quarterback. I think there's like a Super Bowl dark horse where it was like if they won a couple of games like the Bengals were last year, they just come out of nowhere and upset somebody. I think they're really good. Texans are terrible in that division. Jaguars will be better than three and fourteen, but they're gonna be what five and twelve, six and eleven, maybe. I and then the Titans, Titans, are, the Titans are a joke. Titans like, do they joke. even? Are they, isn't their defense still shitty? So like the Colts should win that division. And you know I've been on the fire of Rabel train for like two years now. Every like every fucking time the guy's the one seed fire their coach. Like what are you talking about? I, th- I think like, year, fire him. Fire him. I was saying that in like week two. I Every like game he makes one mistake, fire him. And the Titans fire win. Brable. Titans end up fire winning. Brable. Fire Brable. Brable. But I think the Colts should win that division. And I think, like Matt said, they could be a Super Bowl dark horse. I would I would love the Colts to win. That'd I love awesome. Matt Ryan. Yeah, he deserves it. He's a Just, Hall of Fame quarterback, but people discount it because he lost that Super Bowl. 
he has the numbers that he should. If he retired today, he should go in. Contenders, hundred percent. Hashtag fire variable. The Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> that division. Oh God, they're, they should be so much better than nine and eight. Makes no sense. Justin Herbert should be a, a giant, also. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to school. All right, idiot. They he would have gone be... one that year. He would be a cardinal. He wouldn't have been a giant. I don't think so. so. Kyler Murray would have been no, a giant. Absolutely. No. Everyone that year said Justin Herbert was going one if he came out. No. Yeah. The whole re- no. Cliff Kingsbury literally wanted Kyler Murray. No chance they take Justin. Well, he should have gone one. None. Excuse me, but yeah, none, no chance. He would have been a giant, and we would have been fucking joy, and we would have had a quarterback after Eli Manning. And instead, he decided to go back to school like a fucking jack off. I could and see the Chargers being anywhere from nine wins to fourteen wins, but that division is just so good. I I think they're a contender, but that division is just so good, kind of like the Bengals. I could see them not making the playoffs at all. Chargers have a lot of bad losses all the time, too, and it makes no sense. I have literally no idea. Herbert's they, number is also coming against the Patriots, but that's just... Oh, did I say that out loud? If they finish under 500, I'd be shocked. They should be a, a, in contention. They, if they, They're like what the Arizona Cardinals were last year going into the year. You know, where it's like, okay, guys, we're, you, you got the pieces. You got to make the playoffs. But like the Cardinals, you can't fall down the hill down the season. And also, you can't get your ass kicked in the wild card round. I think... They got to get it and at least win a playoff game, and then you can look at twenty twenty three as a year where you go for the Super Bowl. I mean, their um, defense is stacked. They got Bosa, Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, Jackson Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. So, I mean, they're in a division that has a lot of offensive weapons, and they have the defensive pieces to try to counteract that. Yeah, they should be good. It depends on Herbert. Not calling them Super Bowl contenders. When I also say contenders, I mean playoff contenders, and that is Minnesota. No, no, Fuck contenders, no. pretenders. Fuck God, no, Kirk Cousins. Fuck Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, piece of shit, moron, jackass, <laughs> mediocre at best. If they can get a good Mid. quarterback in there, that's a playoff team. I mean, he puts up numbers, but it's also like he puts up good fantasy numbers sometimes. Even his regular numbers are just they're like fine, but like they find ways to lose. I know we said them earlier, and I know you kind of talked bad about them, but the New Orleans Saints. I don't really see how. I guess if Winston comes back and he's, like, competent, they could easily finish – they should finish second in that division by a wide margin, but, like, I don't see them contending for anything other than, like, the seventh seed. I think they could be. A, I think they probably will be a playoff team because, like, remember last year they were just on the outside looking in. But the Saints too are that team, like the Chargers, where they're going to lose some weird game that they should. They have no business losing, like how last year they lost to the Falcons and the Giants. But then but they're not they, that good. Where it's like, all right, I just think that like Pittsburgh, to where if Winston can be a game manager, their defense can win them some games. Like remember last year they beat the Bucks nine to nothing, which should have been a blowout, but Taysom Hill couldn't convert on third down. Well, if, if Michael Thomas fucking comes back and decides he wants to actually play football, Chris Olave, Jarvis could Landry, be, it could be decent. So they should like the NFC is not that great. They could sneak in as a seven or a six. They probably will be, I think, nine and eight, ten and seven football team. But no team with Jameis Winston is a Super Bowl contender. I'm sorry. No, I want to say contender. I'm not saying Super Bowl yeah. contender. I'm saying like playoff. But that's what I'm saying. They're not. They're not going to contend for anything other than maybe. They've got a great backup quarterback. 
Um, the next There's two great backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, the next one and the last one I'm going to do, because these are all teams where it's like, okay, they're that like weird category. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I, I, who's starting Who, for yeah, Who's quarterback? Is it Garoppolo or is it Lance? I think it's going to be Lance. I think it's going to be Jimmy. I, I just you think. Just, I said Nance. Did you really? Come on. Hello, friends. Come on. Tropic Thunder. Jesus, guys. Fuck you. Hello, friends. Jim Nance along with Phil Sims. Oh, um, fucking, Jim Nance. I, I said Nance. Um, Lance. Lance. You never seen Tropic Thunder, Griff? Yep. All right, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the Niners, though. I don't know. That's a tough one. Is Debo, st- is Debo still there? He's there, but him and Bosa are in contract talks right now. You think they're going to hold out? They think they're going to play? If they play a full season, they should be – they could – I don't trust the Cardinals. I don't know. They could easily be fighting for second. The Cardinals are always that team. Like, I have a soft spot for the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray. It's just – the D hop suspension, that's a perfect chance for San Francisco to leapfrog them unless yeah. unless Hollywood Brown plays well. But I still have Holly Brown Hollywood Brown having a good year once Hopkins comes back because he doesn't have the pressures of being a wide receiver one on him anymore. He's just a wide receiver two. He has one flaw though. He can't catch. And thinks it's pretty important for a receiver. It's like exactly. how many times does he have to be wide open for Lamar to hit him to fucking drop the ball? But even Arizona too, they're in that category where it's like they're gonna they lose some like really weird games as well. Yeah, I, like, I think I think the Niners could be fighting for that two seed in the West. So I'd say they're contenders. And also, too, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan has a undefeated record against Sean McVay in the regular season. So there's that as that well. That's weird. Um, next one I want to do. I want you to give me – so for I was going to do this go around the table and do multiple teams. I want you guys to give me a team that did not make the playoffs or a team that was like in the top ten of the draft that took a step up. The Denver Broncos do not count, by the way, because we all that's an easy answer. But what's a team that finished top bottom ten last year that you could see improving this year to where, you know what, they're not, they're not bad, that they're kind of like on that knocking door? And a team that you see completely falling, like just falling flat on their face. Chargers and Colts in the AFC. I love Matt Ryan. I think I'm just going to, I think Ramey and I are just going on the Colts bandwagon. Be Colt, become <laughs> fucking Colts fans. Yeah, I think we're kind of jumping on them. I love Matt Ryan. I just, I've always liked him. Um, you know, I'm actually going to throw a team out that I think took a step forward that's going to surprise you. I think the Giants took a step forward. They yeah, they can't, they can't go any further backwards. No, but I mean, they had a great draft. You have a head coach who seems like he's got his head on his shoulders. You have I, a I trust, GM who I, seems confident. I trust the GM. I don't know about the head coach because I thought he, see, he seems like it. He doesn't seem like an idiot like Joe Judge seemed like an idiot from day one to me. You know, I I think the Giants could be a competitive get, team. I think they've taken easier. steps forward. You know, team that I think I think you know wasn't even good last year that take took steps back. The Bears, yeah, the Patriots, oh, the Bears. I know. I think the Bears took like four hundred steps back, but they weren't even good. Yeah, they were six and eleven. I think they're going to be zero and six, zero and seventeen, or one and sixteen. And then the Titans obviously took a step back. Yeah. Titans took a step back. Who else? I think the step? I think the Browns took a really big risk in the contract they gave to Deshaun Watson, well, not even knowing if he's going to be able to play. 
Yeah, but it's not it's not like they gave him a one year deal and like let's do this now. Like they have the next what six years or whatever he got. True. So I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Uh who else took a step back? I mean the Panthers are like they took, brought Sam Darnold back, so that's like a huge step can, back. Can we I, say the Packers took a step back because they didn't draft a wide receiver they, round one again? No, and they also Christian traded Devontae. Christian Watson is a good talent. Well, they also they by default they took a step back. They lost the best wide receiver top three in football. So can we also say they took a step back for the fact that they drafted Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers said he's going to finish his career as a Packer. So Jordan Love's never going to fucking play. That's on Brian Gutekunst. They they panicked. They literally panicked when the Niners drafted Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk was their guy. Um, Oh, the Dolphins also. Dolphins. They took a step up. Still have Tua, but they got at least receivers with Waddle. You didn't hear what I said earlier. I didn't get to say what I wanted to say earlier about them. So basically, what the uh, what the Dolphins are going to do in that Week One game against the Patriots is that like, Tyreek's going to burn our corners, and then he's going to get a ball, but it's going to be like ten yards over or underthrown from him. And then the Dolphins will win thirty-four-three. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping. I don't. What did the, did the Patriots do a lot this offseason? That's the thing. I don't, we, I, don't, I don't know who they added. They didn't add a whole lot. We they did, didn't draft a whole lot. They, they did they so add he, another tight end. No, no more to go with Smith and Hunter Henry. <laughs> John U. Smith, Hunter Henry. Um, our offensive line is very similar. It's just we have Cole Strange and guard now where Shaq Mason was. Um, the very famous first-round pick from Chattanooga. Um, uh, defensively, just younger and faster. That's the main goal for it because, look, they got exposed against the Bills, that their defense was older and slow. The only thing is there's just the cornerback room. There's potential, but there's going to be a lot of games where a lot of the guys kind of have their, like, welcome to the NFL moments. But we'll wait and see. I think a lot of it's just going to depend on what the offense can do. And if the defense, if there's guys that they expect to take steps forward, if they can take those steps. Like, if Matthew Judon can have another good year. Uh, we were, A lot of people are very excited about Ronnie Perkins and Cameron McGrone, who were drafted in 21, but – McGrone had a redshirt year effectively because he had a torn ACL in November of 2020. And Ronnie Perkins as well didn't get a lot of playing time, but he's going to be coming off the edge and playing that linebacker role. Uh, Josh Uche out of Michigan, a third-year guy that we're high on. And for it's just the cornerback room with losing J.C. Jackson was bad, but we'll see what – we have Malcolm Butler um, back. We got to Burl Peppers, uh, yeah. Terrence Mitchell from Houston, and a couple other players. We brought in like Jack Jones, who's been looking good in minicamp so far, and also Jonathan Jones, who was hurt for last year. So we'll see. And then the main thing for them is to they have a they have a lot of running backs, and they have a good receiver room, not a great receiver room. Who's the number one wide receiver, Devontae Parker? I still would go with Kendrick Bourne. Yes. I think Kendrick Bourne will be the wide receiver one, and then Devontae Parker, and then Jacoby Myers. Don't they have Nelson Aguilar too? Yeah, but he's oh, they, got, they, they have he's, a lot of mid wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not like there's not the guy. There's just a bunch of guys. That's it's what a bunch of just, solid role players. Nobody that's going to scare you, but yeah. you have a bunch of role players that could step up. They also do Nelson Aguilar's contract comes off the books next year. And I don't expect him to resign. So it's like kind of like live with him for this year, and then we'll move on past from him. Like a lot of Patriots fans, I hope he looked good in the first game, but then that our bright spot though is the running back room. Damian Harris is a great running back. I think it's underappreciated a lot. Ramondre Stevenson, James White's coming back off a hip injury. 
James also, White still lives. What is he, like 47 at this point? My God. He's old, but he, he had a weird hip injury last year. And then we have Ramondre Stevenson as well out of Oklahoma. Really good guy. He's been working on his pass catching, so hopefully he can be our third down back because that's something the Patriots have always had. Patriots are like the worst team for fantasy football. They have like nothing. Yeah, that's, that's my one key to anyone for the Patriots. Don't draft them do for fantasy football. Nobody. Unless you're Don't in like it. a deep league where you're desperate and you have like fucking Stevenson as your fucking running back. Because you Don't get do it. injured. It's, it's no, because you know where it's like, unless it's Damian Harris, because Damian Harris is fairly consistent with his productivity for fantasy football. And I had him last year. But for the other guys, like with the Kendrick Bournes, with like the – Those guys partners, are hit or miss every game. It's like one guy will do something, and then the other guy will do something the next game. And it's like you never start the right one. That's why with, for example, for – I'm going to go into the Bills – that's why I'll be targeting guys like Isaiah, Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis in fantasy because those are going to be the guys that are going to be getting a lot of touchdowns and passes thrown to them by Josh Allen next year. Yeah, Gabriel Davis should be a good, good fantasy And also, too, I just, I don't, that's the only thing with the Bills. I just don't trust the running back room. But with the Patriots, too, they still have a solid offensive line, in my opinion. So I feel like as long as you can have a solid offensive line in the NFL, you have a good chance of winning. That's one thing with the Giants I'm actually intrigued to see this year is how – Evan Neal looks how so I believe it's Evan Neal on the right, Andrew Thomas on the left, and then you brought in Mark oh, Lewinsky. That, that just gave me a fucking hard on. That sounded so good. We actually have like legit talent on the line for once. See, that's the thing. That's why I'm. That's why I'm also heavy. I'm. That's why I'm high on the Colts as well, because the Colts are a team that have a good offensive line. They have a good running back. By the way, that's my RB one for this year's Jonathan Taylor. If you're drafting first overall, he don't has do Christian to go. McCaffrey. He, he don't has do Derrick Henry. First. Jonathan Taylor. They also have YWC Football Talk's favorite wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. He should have a bump in uh, production with a competent quarterback. It's his third quarterback in his third year, though. We had Phillip Rivers. Yeah, but he has like a a good quarterback now. And they still have, what, Pascal, who gets a lot of touchdowns? Pascal, Paris Campbell, but he can't stay healthy. The tight end is my only concern with the Colts. They do have Mo Ali Cox, but they need someone in there that's big. Um, also, another football news, guys. Look out for this in two weeks. Tight end U. Oh, they're doing that again this year? Yeah. Is Tebow going? Maybe. Um, oh, that's one player, too, for fantasy. I like just going back to Buffalo quickly is Dawson Knox. Is anybody on that offense? If you're starting like Singletary, do they still have Zach Moss? They Who's have back, a running back. They have Moss, starting, they have Singletary, and they drafted Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook. If you're starting one of those guys, somebody on your team is hurt or something like that. Yeah. Don't don't draft those guys. That's why one negative for the Bills is just they don't have that bell cow back. They, they don't seem to really They also have it. Duke Johnson. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. They, they, like Dawson Knox is a good t- tight end for them. Uh, one, day, some- Z- one day Zach Moss will have like – two touchdowns, and then he'll be inactive the next week. And it makes no sense. It's impossible for I think the Bills just signed Tavon Austin, too. They did. What is he, a fucking wide receiver running back combo guy? Kick returner? Oh, Grammy, I have a great – just you need this because of how the schedule works. You only need him for one week a year. But you want to know who a great running back pickup to get on the waiver wire is going to be? Who's that? Boston Scott when the Eagles go play the Giants. <laughs> we shut him down last time, I think. He always he's always good for a touchdown against the Giants, though. I don't know what it is. It's fucking that it makes no sense. <clears throat> you literally just pick him up for the week and then you drop him. I'd say only once it's because the Giants and the Eagles play week eighteen. And if you play fantasy football in week eighteen, you have a problem. No, yeah, that's I've I did that before. Somebody ran a league and I was like, the people are on fucking resting. You you can't play week eighteen. No, don't do it. 
Um, but yeah, the main reason I agree with the Titans step back is just because of drafting Malik Willis, but also to the fact that they don't have AJ Brown and they got Traylon Burks, who's a good who's a good college uh, college wide receiver. But it's just like, what else their, do you have? Their defense still shitty, isn't it? The it's defense like, isn't. It's not good. They have Harold Landry, they have Rashawn Evans, but like they don't really have a solidified corner. Yeah, they're gonna step back. Yeah, they'll step back. Um, Hashtag fire Vrabel. So I'm all in on the Colts. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville, by the way, I'm going to say f- five or six wins. And then the only team that really intrigues me in the AFC is the Jets. I mean, they had, a, by default also, they took a step forward. They but had a the, really great draft. They'll go as far as their quarterback takes them. That's the thing. I've said that a few times, but. Um, that's I mean, my that's... thing with Zach Wilson. Giant, like, I feel like Jets fans are more confident than Giants fans right now just because they feel like Zach has all the tools around him. Jets to fans are fucking dumb. I've seen it every year. Mark Tanches is the guy. Fucking Chad Pennington is the guy. Every fucking guy they draft is the Sam guy. Sam Darnold, baby. Yeah, every guy. Like Zach Wilson, I, I don't know. He didn't really show me anything. If Zach Wilson is a shitty second year. I think Robert Sala was fired. At some point, what are you going to just take the Giants method and just keep firing guys until somebody's good? At some point, they just stick with it and go for it. I don't know if he's a good coach or not. They were just awful last year. So but also, no too, idea. it's defense. Their defense was horrible. Their offense – like, I remember watching the game week two against the Patriots, watching the Jets play them, and I'm like, okay, the longer you let Zach Wilson play behind a shitty old line, he's going to get hurt. What happened? He got hurt. Yeah, but they also improved, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. I don't know if Zach Wilson has anything. Brees Hall is going to be a really good fantasy running back. The Jets – I don't – Michael Carter was supposed to be, too, and he fucking wasn't. They got hurt. But, like, exactly. Like, I don't trust the Jets running back. Same as the Bills. Like, Well, the Jets have – they have Paul. They have Carter. They have Tevin Coleman. I think they have Ty backs. Johnson. They have too many running backs. If Garrett hmm. Wilson, don't – do not draft Corey Davis. Davis. Um, CJ Uzma is there, who I keep forgetting about. Don't the they have Bengals. Tyler Conklin, too? Yeah. I like that guy. Who's the, like, fuck, who's the Vikings tight end now? Irv Smith. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the thing, though. They still have two – they have, like, a bunch of great fantasy pieces, but, like, I can't trust them to, like, win deep. Like, you have just, Justin Jefferson. Thielen. Thielen. Cool. Um, but Cook gets hurt. Yeah. True. That's why a lot of these running backs aren't trusted. Like, for example, that's why a lot of people think, like, Tony Pollard's going to have a better year than Zeke Elliott. Tony Pollard should be the goddamn starter. He's a better but running back. under a million dollars this year. Yep. He's making 950k, 960. Excuse me. How does he not get a raise, or did he get a raise? No, but I think he'll get an extension next year, or he'll walk. Yeah, well, he's on his rookie, his rookie contract coming up. We'll probably end up losing him to keep Zeke because we're stupid. No, they have to cut Zeke at this point. So oh, my thing last that. year though was I knew Amari Cooper was going to be a cap casualty, and that became yeah. true. I said that in 2021. I think we Zeke's going to be a cap casualty after the season too. Fuck that guy! I hate that dude's face. Snapchat um, motherfucker. I hate him with a passion. Uh, what else, who other teams are there for fantasy that are good? Uh, you can draft Hopkins, but I would proceed with caution with that just because he's going to be out for six weeks. But, you yeah, know, someone will take him. Somebody will reach for him. I, I wouldn't touch him unless he's like the 10th yeah. round. Oh, but can I give you some? Oh, also, someone said this day on TikTok, and it really – I'll send you the video after, Matt. But someone said that Josh Jacobs is a top 10 running back. No. Stop it. He never has been, really. No. 
top 10. The same kids also said that Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. That's closer than Josh Jacobs, at least. Derek Carr's like that, like, adolescent age range, if that makes sense. Like that 12 to, like, 15. Josh Jacobs, I wouldn't even have top 15 running back. No. He can't break a tackle. He didn't pick up his option. Like, if you want to talk about a shitty draft, go look at the 2019 Raiders draft. They cut everybody at this point, didn't they? Other than they didn't Josh pick up Jacobs? their options, and then in the 2020 draft, one of the guys is going to prison, and one of the guys got cut for waving guns on Twitter. Idiots. Henry yeah. Ruggs. The best picks for that draft really came in the fourth and fifth rounds, and they got Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby. Fucking top ten running back. Idiot. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the video later, man, on TikTok. Um, what was I going to say as well? Oh, I have a question for you guys. Who's a better quarterback, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? I, I want to lean towards Justin Herbert. Skills-wise, I say Herbert. Actual, like, good. in-game leadership, I'd say Burrow. They're both really close. Herbert seems to crack under the pressure. If you have to redo that draft, do you think Herbert goes number one or do you think Burrow still goes number one? Because I still think it's Burrow. I, I think still they'll Burrow. still take Burrow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's close, though. We'll see this year. Watch Burrow take, like, a giant step backwards and the Bengals are, like, in the fucking lottery again. In the fucking I, can top just, five. I can just see the Bengals, like, you know, maybe losing a couple games right out of the gate. Because, like, actually, since it's – Super Bowl, another hangover. No, it's not that. It's just, you know, those teams where it's, like, you expect them to do well, but then they come out and they look a little shaky and everyone's like, what's going on here? Like, the week one like is against hangover. Pittsburgh, so that's going to be a pretty interesting game because they've also Pittsburgh's number. They'll probably win like 55 to four or something ridiculous. So they have the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Jets, and the Dolphins. I think their worst case scenario on that is two and two. I think anything worse than two and two, and it's you're panicking. Yeah. And then it's Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Browns. The AFC is just loaded. Panthers, Steelers, Titans. Winnable. Yeah, but they have a really hard stretch from December onward. Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Bills, Ravens. Yikes. That's That's, that's a scary stretch. That's rough. Yeah. That's it stretches like that that'll make or break your season. They got to pull off some wins there. Exactly. They got they got to pull off some wins. That division is going to be fun to watch. It will be. Oh, and that's like I was saying earlier, too. Um, even though Detroit's a bad team, uh, good guys for fantasy, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. I, I'm never, ever relying on Swift again. Really? He's hurt all the time. All the time. Then may I, I interest you in get, TJ Hawkinson? Try to get guys. I mean, I, I put faith in Hawkinson, and he didn't have as good of a year as I thought he would he be. Got hurt. I, 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 Swift has just made a fucking paper mache. Like, can't rely on him. Hey, didn't um, he fuck you in the playoffs, Ramey? Wasn't he hurt? Yep. Wasn't there one game where they were like, yeah, he's starting. He's, he's coming back. And then he he's got, got, like, and then one he played carry. one play or something. Then, yeah, fucking Dan fucking Campbell. Dan Campbell, what a dick. Fucking bag. Dan Campbell. I still think if the Detroit Lions only win like two games this year, that there's a chance Dan Campbell's gone because people are going to be like, okay, you promised change and it's year two and we're still bad. I think that team has to win at least – at least four to five games for him to keep his job. You have, He's and also, like the Garrett, best bad coach. 
Jared Goff's his quarterback, so it's, he's, it's asking a lot. They'll be a top 10 team again this year, and I think it's 2023. Everyone's kind of looking at them being like, okay, guys, like time to go. I mean, the Lions are just destined to fail. They lost on a 66-yard field goal, for God's sakes. They're a great also, spread team. If they you know, tread water this year, the next year the Bears are still going to be terrible. Maybe Aaron Rodgers retires. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. They could win that division in two years. Isn't he, uh, isn't he gone after the season, Kurt? That's right. He's out his last year of his contract. Uh, Hopefully he's uh, gone from Earth. So Sean Mannion's going to be the quarterback. Oh, fuck. Are you familiar with the work of David Blow? Yeah, David Blow. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. Yeah, I would like it. would be weird to see the Lions good again. It's weird to boil? think that they were actually good sometimes with Stafford. Imagine well, they had Calvin like, Johnson. Any competent other pieces besides those two? Like, it's a great trade, life changing. Do you get that commercial in Canada, Griff? I get it when I see the American channels. Yeah, life changing. But you never forget your old phone. Yeah, exactly. You had your phone for twelve years. You loved every second of it. You go to your new team. You, yeah. go, you get your new phone. You have instant success with it. But then you never forget your old phone. It's a great trade, life changing. Yeah. Fucking Matt Stafford. Doesn't that girl who do those commercials make like millions of dollars a year doing them? I don't know, but she was in a Jake and Amir video back in the day. That's what I know her from. Milana. Man, these are this is I know this episode kind of got off the rails and like we were talking about some other stuff and like at those points where it was like dead air, but like that's the whole fun of the NFL offseason is that you just don't you don't know what to expect. But then also too, we get to do fun shit like this. Yep. No idea. There's nothing going on, so we just speculate. Patrick Mahomes Fire Mike Vrabel. Break his neck tomorrow and whole new Jackson Mahomes will make a nice TikTok from his hospital room. Oh god. I hate I, that guy. Who's having another baby, actually? Jackson Mahomes? Mahomes? I mean, if Stewie Griffin could get pregnant, so can Jackson Mahomes. Has he done a TikTok with Juju yet? No, but it's gonna happen and the world's eyes are gonna bleed. Ugh. <laughs> At least Juju's is better than that fucking guy. Yeah. That's true. But no, um, no, Patrick and Brittany are having another baby. The only thing is right now, though, I don't know what to call this episode. Fucking off-season bullshit shenanigans fuck show. <laughs> I like that title. Uh, like I, uh, what's, down? what's the title? The collab of... for Randy? Yeah, this is basically episode. <laughs> what is it? One seventy for Randy. This is basically for Randy. Let's just call it for Randy. Off-season Randy nonsense, off-season shenanigans, something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna call it for Randy. All right, I like that. He'll see oh, that okay. as like his. Uh, what was it called? Episode one seventy. What was the episode? I think it was the episode of Family Guy where Chris found porn, or I think he found Peter's porn stash and his like head exploded. Uh... I know there was one where he gave him his the, the school board president one where he gave him his dirty magazines. And then there's one a cutaway where Peter hides his porn in like that fucking 007 shit where yeah. he goes like underground and is like, oh yeah, she's hot. <laughs> the cutaway just ends. Yeah. See, everything can be related to family guy. Mrs. Business. Griffin out of town, shopping. Oh, that's great. Oh. Episode 170 for Randy. Yeah, for Randy. But oh, there's some there's some other family guy ones I keep just like that's so good. Like my favorite, like the one cutaway I did for that girl is like, what's a cutaway gag that lives in your head rent free? Yours is you you posted two good ones. The um all right, Meg, let's see that vagina. 
Oh my god, I love that. It's so good. That makes me laugh every time. Because it's so it's just like simple humor. You're like, oh, everybody knows it's a vagina, and he mispronounces them like easiest word. I love that kind of humor. That's worse than I was a security guard for George Harrison. That also is one of my favorite cutaways. The best episode still of that entire series. Wacky Beetle. Thin White Line. George Harrison. I wonder how he did you know that Seth MacFarlane's not even a writer on that show? He's basically just a voice actor. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, basically, he hasn't written that many episodes, but now he said he's just, he lets them, the showrunners, take care of the writing. He's just a voiceover guy. I was like, what? Oh, when Dr. Hartman and Carter were in the same room together, it's like, hey, Peter says we sound alike. No, I don't hear Ah, it. I don't hear it. Oh, Dr. Hartman. Yeah. YWC Family Guy Talk. (laughs) Let's start a new podcast. It's just such a good show. You can go back and just look at any moment, though, and just think it's funny. Like even I still watch some of like the newer stuff, and like it's not horrible. But like you have to go back and like watch some of like the good stuff, like the old, like the stuff before they went off air. Like one of my other favorite ones was the. Um, I'm gonna show it on air right now, just because I'm bored. Like, stupid fucking ad. There's a an episode from season 19 called "Tales of Former Sports Glory." Television ever since I stopped hosting Family Feud. How are you, Betsy? Uh, Welcome to the show. Yeah. You are a lovely young woman. I'm just getting under there. And a beer in for you. That one. And I think one. we do it the mall. For something you shop for the mall. One of the best recent episodes is Tales of Former Sports Glory. They just had a lot of like one-liners that were fucking hilarious. Probably the best episode I've seen in the last few years. Well, was you that the one where Quagmire was a tennis player and Cleveland was a baseball yeah. player? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I yeah. got to perform in front of the queen, Freddie Mercury. And it, just stuff like that. It was just one liner after one liner where it was like he played for the Cuban national baseball team, the Gooding Juniors. <laughs> it's like this, <laughs> the fucking, it's brilliant. It's like just one liner after one liner. So good. So if you're uh, out there listening for football and you want to watch Family Guy, that's Season one of 19. their best, best recent episodes. Disney, it's all on Disney Plus. That's true. Along with Man in the Arena now on there for Disney Plus. So I finally get to watch because we don't get ESPN Plus up here. Such a dumb name. The guy plays in a stadium, not an arena. It's a Teddy Roosevelt thing, apparently. I don't know. Oh, God. The man of the arena. Tom, have you ever played in an arena? No, I played football. I don't know what the name is. Why is this called? <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I need to watch the Giants episodes, but other than that, I have no interest in them. For I'll obvious you know, reasons. Yes, I know. The first episode was mainly about him getting drafted and then, like, the first Super Bowl, and then like, the second one was there. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say before we wrap up? Oh, by the way, I, Randy, I did message you this, but we would have done this last night, everyone, but I went to go see Top Gun Maverick, which was an excellent movie. Highly I recommend. Yeah, I need to go see that. I just watched the first one for the first time. It's so good. You've never seen it before? I haven't never, watched it in probably I ne- I never, years. I never watched it through. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, Griff, I'm assuming you've seen the original? Yeah. Yeah. The goose dying in the dumbest way ever. When they show it in slow motion, it's like, I banged my head and now I'm dead. It's like, I knew Goose died. I just, it was depressing. Meg I Ryan think that should have been a line like, in the movie. I banged my head. Because I'm it's dead. like, it, even if that was real and it was boom, like he has a helmet on. He's, there's no chance he's dying from that. Like, awful. Oh, by the way, the other cutaway one I like is the Alzheimer drill sergeant. Oh, God. Don't show that. We already showed a woman being groped. <laughs> How are you, Betsy? Hand <laughs> up there. That one. I mean, that's how they did it in the 70s. That fucking Richard Dawson would literally make out with the fucking contestants. Like, oh, nice to see you. Like that. (laughs) Fucking, like, just the 70s. Looking for something you shop for at the mall. Mall. Three seconds. Three seconds. 
Ah, what a great show. Or even the episode where they actually go on Family Feud and Lois, like, totally tongue fucks Richard Dawson. Yeah. Or, or the one where fucking uh, Stu is like, your favorite fruit, Clay Aiken. Favorite holiday, 9-11. Just like, something you sit in, my own feces. Some of the shit they get away with. What was the other uh, one? Uh, something in your closet. Uh, address scary monsters. Yes. Like, that's a great episode. Uh, or even the one where they, like, go back in time because Brian's... Uh, Brian's using Suey's time machine to sleep with girls, and then he basically yeah, reverses was, it. I, I just watched that one the other day. That's a great episode too. I don't remember what the seasons run together. It's like now they're like decades old. It's insane. They're I'll like just go on like click random ones and do it. It's like The Simpsons. They're like ten years behind The Simpsons, which is crazy to think. The Simpsons are over thirty. And the Family Guy's coming up on twenty. Except for Simpsons, I probably won't watch anything before two thousand after two thousand and two. I like some of the newer, like the Simpsons are fine. It's like, well, I don't like the early seasons where the animation is like so bad and the voices are so different. No, like, but I, like I don't enjoy from, watching those. But everything from like 1992 to like 1999 was gold. Those are like the, the glory years. But like, there's some good new episodes. Like, like Mark Starr is a classic one with Joe Namath. I don't know a lot about the Simpsons, but the one where they write that book, the troll, like the troll book, and it's like the, the Italian job or like one of those movies. Yep, I remember. Where they're like, that's a Kiss, that's a pretty Kiss. good newer one. Yeah, exactly that one. Yeah, like one of my favorite ones of all time is Homer at Bat. Oh, that's like that's one of the best episodes, like I think ever from that show. Hundred percent. Daryl Strawberry, you play right field. I play right field. You have the sideburns, Mattingly. <laughs> so good. Better, still better than playing for Steinbrenner. For a pencil top. <laughs> That should be the fucking episode title for a yeah, pencil yeah. topper. It's this episode's for Randy, but we're calling it that. Matt actually went and a pencil, oh. a pencil topper for Randy. Oh god! You know I don't know if Randy even watches Family Guy. He's gonna have to watch that episode now. Randy watched for that episode. A, Matt will tell you what season it is. For a pencil topper. <laughs> oh god! I don't even know. I I don't even know the name of that episode. Now I have to look. This is the other one I like though. Mm, yes. yes. Isn't that where they're in bed together? Yes, but I also yeah, found it. Season seven. Ruined Star Trek the next generation for me. You are absolutely the most insufferable. You could have just looked at my TikTok. I have ever had the misfortune of spending an extended period of time with I hope you all die. I still have five prize tickets from the carnival. There was nothing for five tickets. We've been over this. Well, but Lavar and I were going to pool ours for the fuzzy troll pencil topper. Oh yeah? I have you to share, share it? Yeah, we were gonna share it. Really? How's that gonna work? Three days at my house, three days at Lavar's. Oh, okay, for a pencil, pencil topper! Fuck! <laughs> oh, such an it's it's from not all dogs go to heaven. May becomes religious. So that's a really good when we do our rankings, that's gonna be up there. Oh dude, I love the part where it's just like I couldn't get Kirk Cameron, so I got his brother. Yeah, you suit fit. You don't let me buy it anymore. But I'll, make it worth your wa- I'll make it worth your while. Yeah, that's a great episode. What did I tell you about exchanging sexual favors for Sudafed? I'm going to rate that a 10 on IMDb right now. <laughs> Boom. Not all dogs go to heaven. Watch it. Hey, Chris. Jackass 2. Any, like, shits inside of the Peter's, like, scuba suit? Peter Barf's side of it? This was, yeah, this was 2009. So that's uh, absurd. That's a nice costume. It's not a costume. I have the mumps. What the hell are you doing at a comic book convention? Uh, this has really gone off the rails, hasn't it? 13-year-old episode. Jesus. Ugh. They all they got all the voices, too. Even Denise Crosby, who died at the beginning. 
Oh, one of the other ones I just love is the Nike commercial that he does. Stewie's Nike commercial? No, Peter's. Peter's. Don't have don't have two families. Have an alternative lifestyle at Fantasy. Oh, that's the classic. Is, yeah. And then he fuck yeah. <laughs> don't go to jail. Go to death row for murdering the other families. Oh my god. Oh. Well, anyway, guys, this episode I'm gonna end this episode right now. This has been a blast to record, even though the ending got a little different. But you know what? That's offseason Very, football talk. Yeah, there, there's only so much football you can talk about when in the offseason. Exactly. But guys, something to announce. I'm taking a break. You will see me. If something big happens, more or less involving the Patriots, you'll hear from me. But I probably won't be back until probably closer to training camp. Look, this is a never-ending machine. Probably since the AFC Championship game, this is my 20th episode that I've done. I just want to take some time. Not have to worry about the podcast for a few weeks. Probably back sometime in July. But as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Matt and Ramey for coming back on. They will be back on during the season. Maybe even before the season. Who knows? Let's just We'll see how life works. But next time you hear from me, I'll have some stuff to say. Maybe some new changes to the show. Maybe some new features. Because I'm going to take this time off to truly revamp the show and kind of get it in a direction that's going to make it better for the 2022 NFL season. So before I say goodbye, do you guys have anything else to add? Randy, you'll, we'll get through this. I know you're going to be upset, but we'll get through this together. Yeah, we'll you give have you this. extra episodes of this, that, yeah, Randy, yeah, if we you have, have to. You have TTR to listen to, so don't don't go too crazy. And it's not like Griff's retiring, so it'll be all right. Nope, not retiring. Just taking a little bit of a breather like a lot of football podcasters do at this time Hashtag Griff Summer Vacation. Exactly. This yeah. is the hashtag Griff Summer Vacation. Hope you guys all enjoy this episode, and I'll see you guys back after my break. Have a good one, everybody. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.